I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode number 74. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB. We are so excited, and I know we say it every week, but we are really so excited to be talking oh, with boy. you about everything that we are watching this week. A, a Real Housewives episode uh, in many ways, also including what we talk about on Peacock and on regular television. But before we get to all that, because we got so much stuff to say, we have a few housekeeping notes that we want to get out of the way first. First, uh, currently, wherever you're listening to us, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify Podcasts, anywhere in between, uh, if you can take the time right now and go leave a rating and review on our podcast page, um, it's helpful to us, both in the sense that it gives us necessary feedback um, and hearing from all of you helps us make for a better show, better podcast. Um, and also, it helps us get into the algorithm. algorithm excuse me. It helps us get seen by more and more people. Um, and it's just really, really helpful to us. So thank you for all that leave that rating and review. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at a gay and his NB on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and threads. We're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast, as well as some of our instant thoughts on things that we're watching. So that's a great place to get an extra dose of a gay and his NB across our social media platforms. Uh, you can also get merchandise from us over at a gay and his NB threadless.com, a variety of different designs that we have in that store that you can get on t-shirts and mugs and stickers just about anything in between you can get over there at again is nb.threadless.com and last but not least you can also send in questions that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast uh, over to again is nb at gmail.com as well as the social media platforms that i mentioned before uh, just leave your name leave your question and like we mentioned we could answer it on a future episode so if you have any burning questions for us be sure to send them in. Babe, what are we talking about on this episode? It's a doozy, I know. Holy shit. <laughs> um, we are definitely going to be diving into this Salt Lake City finale. Oh, boy. Oh. I, not since the not since when we talked about the Vanderpump finale have I been like this like hyped. Like it's like it, we were both on the edges of our seats, like jaw on the ground, screaming the entire <laughs> Your fucking finale. The amount of times, like in like the like the last twenty minutes, man, either me or Merlin just went ah, like <laughs> like at random parts. Like, give these girls a fucking Emmy. It like, really holy if, shit. If Vanderbump couldn't win it last time, like they gotta get, at least give it to Salt Lake. This is cinema. This is film excellence. Yeah. This is like the composition. We will talk about it because this episode was fabulous. Uh, we will also be talking about. Uh, this latest episode of Beverly Hills. Uh, uh, well. Karen Gate um, is what I've decided to call oh, Karen, it. Did Karen Huger join the show now? <laughs> That's the good Karen. Uh, but we're also going to be talking about um, Real Housewives of Miami, uh, the second half of this Mother's Day lunch that. <laughs> got really tense yeah. and for no good goddamn reason <laughs> as far as i can tell uh but we will talk about it but before we get to any of that nonsense let's talk about ultimate girls trip real housewives ultimate girls trip i'm actually really glad that we're starting with this um in terms of our lineup something I mean, lighthearted. it's very this was such a light sort of fun like i wouldn't say not a lot happened there was a lot of amazingly funny stuff in this episode but it was great to get this like sort of like sort of turn your brain off like humor thing when the next three shows that we watch are in in different ways are very taxing like i think yeah. like you know you had to sort of like you know, 
be focused and sort of like, you know, be in your emotions, you know, up and down on those shows. And this one, I could just enjoy these older, you know, crazy ladies in Bermuda or in um, um, St. Bart, excuse me. They all... A different island. I'm sorry. Like, they all blend the same. And how many Housewives franchises have they been to some, like, tropical island? I mean, honestly... Housewives in the islands, baby. I still had Bermuda on the brain from Salt Lake, but we'll get to it. We start the episode. So I love that we see like this. The opening scene is just Kelly dipping her face in ice water with Martine because I guess that's her morning routine or whatever. She's like, it resets me. Like my face is entirely frozen. So whatever I'm just thinking or whatever I'm feeling, it's just like whoosh right over my face. And I'm like, well, that's not from ice. That's from your Botox. Like... <laughs> That is the literal botulism toxin coursing through your veins. Yeah, that I, you know, it made me think, and I like also seeing Kelly on this season of Girls Trip. There's a lot of, and I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm being, I, I, I believe in it in certain elements of it, but there's a lot of like the woo woo like sort of stuff that Kelly does that I feel like nowadays when that's a little more accepted i would be interested like you know what i mean like kelly was doing this stuff on like season two or three where it was just like that's crazy like you know i don't know kelly is just the problem is is that when you are someone who actually believes in some of the like uh what do we want to call it esoteric um, connections between all living things sort of thing like I do. Um, It can get really frustrating when someone incredibly kooky starts picking (laughs) up that shit. Because it's like, okay, you you make all of us look bad. Yeah. (laughs) You make all of us look like kooks. Yeah. We're not that. Like, Like, metaphysics is like an actual study in science. Sure. Like... (laughs) But, like, okay, so they're doing – well, Kelly's doing yoga, too, in the morning. And Dorinda stops by to do her weight – because she does, like, light weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, the way Dorinda – when Dorinda's like, yeah, I'm going to join you. And Kelly's like, oh, my God, Dorinda. She sounded like a Teletubby. Like, a, <laughs> it was so odd. And Ke- the look on Dorinda's face is just like, okay. Like, she basically is like, I don't know what how to take Kelly at this point. Like, I'm, she's up and down with me. and I'm, I don't either. Yeah. Uh, also, it was so funny seeing, like, they're in front of Kristen's um, uh, beach house, whatever thing. Bungalow so, thing. Bungalow. And so, like, Kelly's doing yoga as Dorinda is behind her lifting weights. And K- Kristen is just sitting in her bed with the open window watching them with that fucking infrared mask uh-huh, that, like, everyone's uh-huh. wearing out. I guess it's on trend. I don't know. I don't know. It, to me, it looks like, do you remember the movie uh, Bicentennial Man with yes. Robin Williams? That's what that looks like to me. <laughs> And just like just like quietly sitting watching them from the window just was it, it, like, it's, yeah it's giving iRobot it's giving <laughs> it's giving AI it's giving all of that yeah um, Dorinda goes into Kristen's room at one point to talk to her and she just talks about how she's not getting through to Kelly and just like not able to connect and there's this wall up. Um, I, the wall is just craziness. I'm sorry. You yeah. Know, like, this, I think like Kristen like was trying to get to a deeper thing in the last episode. It's like, no, it's just, like, no, Dorinda, there is no deeper. Dorinda is just like, why don't you just like, you know, let her worry about that. Don't like circle the drain. I also love when she, she took like eight, eight seconds to like sort of figure the metaphor. Cause Dorinda loves a metaphor. She's like, mm-hmm. circle the drain. Fine. It's a go-to. Um, 
But she's like, Kelly's great at deflecting and self-isolating, but she's not great at communicating. Yeah. Sure. Uh, um, Luann and Sonia and Ramona are getting ready in the bathroom. And Ramona just walks in and goes, okay, I'm a James Bond girl. And she's in this orange, like, one-piece suit with, like, the zipper full on down with her boobs. Like, it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ramona. So Sonia literally goes, holy shit, Ramona. <laughs> Luann says her confessional, watch out, Denise Richards. And I'm like, well, after we watched on Beverly Hills. She's got enough things, like, to worry about. We don't need. <laughs> Please don't tell me Denise is turning into Ramona. <laughs> like, No. Um, Martin walks in to give them the schedule for everything. But immediately, Ramo- like, Ramona just keep. This was the worst Ramona. Like, every worst tent trade of Ramona where she just keeps cutting Martin off. and goes, we didn't get the schedule for the day. And Luann has to literally be like. Look, there's a way to say that. You, you can't, like, just be, like, rude and interrupt. Like, it's like teaching a toddler. It really is. Yeah. And, Honestly. And Ramona, she, she, Luanne's like, say it in French, because Luanne loves any excuse to say it in French. And Ramona goes, bonjour, the schedule du jour. <laughs> like, the, like, like the soup du jour. <laughs> like, well, what? I mean, soup du jour literally just means soup of the day. So, du jour means of the day. So, schedule du jour would be schedule of the day. Sure. That, yeah, that's fair. Um, but, like he's going over the like he's trying to go over the itinerary it's like yes so we do we start the day with surf lessons and then Ramona just goes look how good I look you know all this looks on my face like my face is my skin is he's like yeah it looks great um can I continue like please he's like and then uh we're gonna go to dinner and Ramona's like you didn't tell me you like my outfit for surfing Don't look well, at my boobs. Look at the outfit. <laughs> well, the outfit is basically just your boobs and a zipper. So, like, what's he going to look at? Yeah. I love Martine in the confessional just being like. <sighs> I love that they gave Martine a confessional. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a season of girls trip, though, where, like, you don't have the, the staff attendant just being like these fuckers. I can't, like. <laughs> Completely exasperated. Shout out to Pepsi. We love you. Yeah. Ramona, uh, they're they're all waiting in the um, living area. Ramona just keeps going. I want to go to the beach. I swear. Dorinda needs to. And like mad that not everyone's getting down though. Even though in past episodes, she literally was the one they were waiting on. And Luann just comes out of the bathroom and goes, man, it smells like shit in here. Because <laughs> I guess Sonia just poops with the door open. She's like, there's a bathroom door for a reason. Like, close it. <laughs> like, holy shit. Ugh. Uh, they head out into their vans uh, to go into the surf lesson, and we have Quentin and Hugo, uh, the surf instructors, who are teaching them how to like get on the boards and stuff like that. Luann keeps making fun of them because they ke- they keep saying focusing, like like you need to focus, but it it sounds like fuckus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is okay. So, little aside, we used um, I had in when I was in youth group and when I was back in the Christian world. Um, our youth leader was Mexican and he grew up in Mexico. And mm-hmm. so he had a thick accent. Um, and he said focus like that, but he was doing it during an altar call. <laughs> and so you've got a room full of teenagers oh, yeah. that is being told fuck us <laughs> in the middle of it's just like, oh my God. And also like, you know. <laughs> religiously taught like so very like yeah very sheltered and so like everyone is just like trying not to giggle it's it was hilarious sonia says she's not i love that they're all on sonia's just like doing it on the sand like she's not even practicing on the board well and she's just basically like look i'm not going out i'm I'm gonna be in charge of the refreshments (laughs) i'm gonna be the refreshment girl (laughs) 
Um, Kristen talks about how her and Josh, her husband, were both big surfers, so they surf mm-hmm. all the time, which is funny because she then they end up getting on the boards and she does not that great. <laughs> yeah, she really does build it up. But then also, oh, and then she she talks to Dorinda. Dur- she's like Dorinda, you know, the yellow one is actually easier to surf on if you want, you know, the yellow one. Dorinda goes, I don't need an easier one. You want to take the yellow? You take the yellow. It's like you don't hit on Dorinda's like competitiveness, and no. like she talks about it later with the scavenger hunt thing, where it's like any opportunity for it to be a competition, Dorinda is like, I'm gonna fuck you up. Well, but you could also play into that because if you want Dorinda to wipe out, you could tell her. Well, you know, I mean, these ones over here are for, like, newcomers, but I'm sure that you would be really comfortable on the orange ones or even the red ones that are over there, right? (laughs) Dorinda, you're really good at this. Get that one. And And then then she wipes out. Uh, That would be funny. Yeah, Kristen, you got to play the game. Play the game. Um, Dorinda and her confessor goes, this is liquid fire right here. You don't even look like you can ride a bicycle, Kristen. (laughs) Like, she's just, like, going to take the digs. Um, the, Kristen keeps falling, uh, like, like I mentioned, Kelly and Luann then go out, uh, to surf for a little bit. Dorinda, they're Sonia and Dorinda and Ramona are talking they're, and they're like, oh yeah, they're really like sportif. Sportif. <laughs> like it's, it's, I guess a play on sporty or whatever. They're sporty. I, I guess. Well, and then Dorinda's like, they're like, it's like they're in a Benetton commercial. I don't know what that means. I don't know what Benetton okay, is. Okay. I wasn't sure. I never heard of that. I'm bad on my references. So I was hoping, but no, yeah, it, it's. Different generation. This is fine. But then... D- Somebody leave a comment. <laughs> but as they're saying that, Ramona just goes, Hello, I'm sporty. I ski. I tennis. I hike. They have, like, long skinny bots. I'm short and voluptuous, like you and you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Uh... And I think Dorinda's like, Yeah, thanks for calling me short. Um, Kelly talks about how the last time she served was for a movie role that she was in called Innocence, where she based... She- <laughs> She's like, you know, in the movie, I'm a writer who surfs, and then I die. I got lost at sea, and I just, they found the surfboard. It's like, and they do the whole, like, return to innocence, like, sort of, like, stuff or whatever. I mean, we don't really, I I wish we would get, now that I think about it, I wish we would get more into sort of, like, Kelly's life, like, like, act, like acting roles that she's done and stuff uh-huh. that she's done in the industry and sort of, like, she, I feel like she's come up in some shit. Like, like, in terms of, like seedy ass like fucking stuff i'm i have a like i always have the feeling in the back of my head that's the way she that's why she's kind of fucked up uh-huh. the way she is that that would make sense i i don't know because i don't i haven't thought about kelly ben simone sure <laughs> like, <laughs> i think about when was the day. last time any of y'all thought about <laughs> kelly ben simone until we found out she was on this trip not a goddamn time in like several years i guarantee you yeah um of course luann is the one doing the best on the surfboard she's always, any chance for her to be like showing off and sort of like oh yeah you know being you know i don't want to say tomboyish but like you know having you know sort of those qualities it's like on crappy like when she grabbed the catfish and stuff like like she has those you know moments um but then they settle and then kristen is then freaking out because so apparently kristen stubbed her toe like i guess leading up to the trip or something like that and then like the day before when they were doing one of the parties or whatever she could feel the toenail like coming up oh this was rough for me you okay because Fun. Do you want to tell the listener? I mean, do you want to get? Yeah. It? So, um, I don't have big toenails because I've had like a bunch of ingrown toenails, but I had that exact thing happen to me once before. I mm-hmm. think I was like eight or nine when it happened. Um, like it was 
coming up on one part and like I was walking out of my bedroom and it was my right foot and the door opened to the right and when I was moving my foot past the edge of the door my toenail got hung on the door mm. and I just yanked and it ripped my toenail right off at least that was better than this. I mean, not better, but like at least it just came off. Like, yeah. Like with this, the the I couldn't deal with the like. The... Oh, but like I've also like had to go to the podiatrist and have surgery done on my toes. They when they inject, like I have a fear of needles. I've always had a fear of needles. Um, but when they deaden your toe to do surgery on it. They don't put you out. They just inject like the... Right. I've so had, there's I've like had a two in- to three inch needle that they jam in your toe all the way up from where it joins the foot all the way across down to the bottom. I don't know how they don't hit bone. I had an ingrown once where I had... I, I don't know if it's the same like mm-hmm. medicine or whatever, but I've had something done there and it feels like fucking fire. Oh, yeah. It feels like... It's literal- a river of lava running through your toe. I literally threatened to kick the doctor in the face if he touched my foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and then Kristen's like, oh my God, can somebody come over and like hold my hand? Cause they have the medic coming in to sort of like surgically remove it. Dorinda's like, for what? The way they didn't give These a fake assholes. They didn't give a fuck about Kristen. Well, they didn't give a fuck about her until Sonia then looks over and goes, Oh, it's a hot medic, though. Hot <laughs> medic. And then, like, then they all sort of come to flirt with the medic. Dorinda goes, let me get your number. And the medic goes, you have to lose a toenail first. And she goes, let me think about it. <laughs> so good. And then so as the to- as he's, like, getting into the toenail to, like, like you know, cut it off, everyone's, like, screaming. So he's like, ah! Like they're they're yelling as much as Kristen is at this point. Like it is some of the worst pain you will ever encounter in your life. Yeah. So he's like, "Why would you want us to see this?" And Ramona then goes, "Excuse me, Doctor Medic." And Kristen literally has to goes, "Don't interrupt, Ramona. Just let him fucking finish." <laughs> I know you're going to talk his fucking ear off. These fake fucking hoes. Like, they didn't give a fuck about her. Ramona's like, give her a painkiller. And then, like, it's, and she's still just, like, sort of screaming and crying and sort of, like, trying to win through it. Ramona's off to the side with Sonya and just goes, she likes to suffer, I guess. She likes the attention. Is she having a baby? <laughs> like Jesus like, Christ. Like really they like are mean. It's get, what is it with like they always like with one housewife when they're either like with Meredith on the vacation. Either yeah. when they're sick or like something major happens. Yep. Why did no one like come uh, to their just attention? Just torture them instead. Yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> Ramona goes, I mean, I would scream too, or I would suffer uh, get want the attention too. Hot medic. <laughs> I, uh-uh. And then like that, it's them sort of like ignoring Kristen. And then like Luann's coming in from the water or whatever from surfing. Kelly just, as this is happening, is just like playing around with one of her towels and looks to me like Supergirl and sort of just like not like so aloof to everything. Sonia on, on the side is telling the medic, I need you to examine this. I have contusions and bruises and like pulling out her ass and like trying to like. Jesus Christ. Like, this is how you flirt? <laughs> like, oh, oh, ladies. Good Lord. And like, literally, they're they're all in their own like little like side like cabana mm-hmm. thing. That's Kristen's just because Kristen's like, 
come over here because I'm not going to like walk across the sand. And they're like, no, we're good. Well, and the thing is, is that this is the literal worst environment to do this, right? Because all that fucking sand. Like it's, oh God, I cannot imagine the amount of pain that she's in. This next episode, she's going to be laid up the whole time because you can't walk on that shit after the first day. Well, you definitely can't wear heels. No, not at all. (laughs) She's like, just so sympathetic. This group is like, my God. Um, Dorinda tells them all that her and Martine had organized a fun scavenger hunt when they get back to the house. She's participating as well, but she's laying Martine like you know, uh, do everything with the, uh, organization. How, how could she, what involvement could she have had? Like seeing, well, seeing all of the things, right? Yeah. Because all like she had to have known all of the items cause she brought the items and it, all of the items where they were, were tied to the item. So she had to have a good idea of where each item would go. Well, and, well, my question is like, was this also just producers? Like I, that, well, but, but also it is kind of a fourth wall thing where they, like the fourth wall is down on girls trip to where like, you could just say the producers helped organize this. Right. Cause to me, it's like, I, if I'm doing that, I'm like, I want to do like a scavenger hunt thing. You guys know, like good moments, like figure, like figure out stuff. And like, cause we're, I'm spoiler. Like, where did she get a fucking leg? Like a prosthetic right. leg. Like, right, like you don't just. I mean, I guess like well, maybe it's not. A, it's not actually a prosthetic it's a, leg. It's like a mannequin leg. Yeah, it's one you get from like a Halloween store, I guess. Right. But like, there there was work done to where. Right. Yeah, I I I think it was partly producers as well. Um, Kristen, then uh, she's like, okay, but before we go back, I, I need to change real quick, and and she's like, I need to do it now. I have a bad toe. I don't need a UTI as well. <laughs> and so like she's having Kelly hold the fucking towel so she can change underneath it, and Kelly's not paying attention, so her Kristen's ass is just like full out out. Honestly, though, it is better that her ass be out than anything else. Sure. <laughs> And then literally, like, Kristen's, like, the last behind, like, as everyone is leaving. She goes, I'm cool. I got this. I don't need help. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And, like, (laughs) literally as she's, like, yelling this, Kelly is, like, a couple, like, good distance in front of her just taking selfies. Just, like, full on nothing. Like, take a selfie. It doesn't hurt. It's fine. (laughs) Like, (laughs) poor Kristen. Um We get back to the house. Sonia is braiding Ramona's hair into this, like, it almost looked like a mohawk kind of, like, vibe or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but she's, like, excited about it. <laughs> but as they leave, Sonia goes, now if you could do something about my G-string up my pooty, <laughs> splitting my two labias or whatever the fuck they're called. <laughs> oh, my God. I have never seen a group of women less aware of their anatomy. That's the thing. And and they're and they're of a certain age. Like they should be the most aware. Yes. Uh-huh. I also need just like a I need a Sonia Morgan like book of sayings where it's just uh, all the different things that she has called her uh-huh. different we regions. Need, we need one for Sonia, one for Ramona, one for um Kathy uh, Hilton. Yeah. We need, like, there's a few people that we need books that just is quotes. <laughs> um, Dorinda's by the pool and Kelly joins her. And Kelly shows Dorinda the love letters that Scott has sent her for the trip. Like, she, he pa- didn't someone also do this where they took a, went a trip and they're like, I packed you a love letter for every day. That's happened on Housewives before and I can't remember. Yeah, where. I can't quite put my finger on it either but yeah i remember that being a thing it was like really annoying then too yes it was really it because it's so 
it, what really irritates me is that they write it with the voice of you've been gone for several days, but you're literally still here when I'm writing exactly. it. Exactly. So it's like, this all feels so fake. Just like, fucking FaceTime me. <laughs> text me. I don't care. Like, Yeah. And so, but they're talking, like Kelly's describing the confessional. They've been together for like a year and a half. And like, you know, she said something later about like, you know, it's definitely going to be a more settled down thing than when I was with, um, uh, what's the, what's the name of her ex-husband? Like famous guy. I don't know. Jill Ben Simone. Um, like, no, I think it's like Jill or something, but it's like the male spelling. Um, I didn't know there was a male spelling of that. So, um, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. And like, they flash back to when she was at the pool last episode being like, Kristen, I'm I'm getting married. Dorinda knows, Luann knows, Sonia knows. Cut to Dorinda's confessional. She's like, I had no idea she was getting married. (laughs) Like she didn't tell anyone this. Like I think that she thinks that we're psychics. Like, is he here? Is the wedding tomorrow? Because I wouldn't be surprised at this rate. And I'm like, okay, but also that would be a Kelly thing to do. It, it would be, especially with him writing all these letters, and then for him to actually be there. Uh, I just, uh. yeah. But like, how is she expecting all of them to know all of these things that was never on screen? But she gets mad at Kristen for knowing anything that was ever on screen, right? Like, I just, I don't, I can't. She's, uh, Yeah. Well, and, and also, when we get to the fucking scavenger hunt, at least Kristen came fucking, you would, you're happy yeah. now, Kelly. You were on the same team. Kristen came fucking prepared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Dorinda in the confessional thing. You know, I show love with a lasagna, not a calligraphy pen. <laughs> a good lasagna and we're married. I got pregnant with a lasagna. <laughs> I love the way she raised it with a lasagna. But, like, honestly... Lasagna's, yeah. Sure. It's that good. Um, Martine gives them the instructions for the scavenger hunt, and it's basically riddles that they have to solve and then find the items, etc. I should have predicted the finale of this stupid thing. Yeah. So, but they, they, it was funny, like all the different items, I will say. Her, the Herman Munster shoes, like, right. it, it was, it was, uh, we talked about, uh, in the last couple of weeks with this show about like the reference, like the callbacks to like old, like Roni stuff. This was like all of it condensed in one in like the perfect way. The Herman Munster shoes, Ramona's wine glasses. She threw at Kristen's face. <laughs> Sonia's diapers from Cardi. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh And then Aviva's leg, which yep. we found in the, and I love Sonia, the professional going, you know, I can't believe Aviva left her leg the last time we were here. You know, she has different legs though. The high heel, the flat foot, the sex one, the sex one. <laughs> Sonia, you don't need to be revealing on this show that Aviva's in the foot play. I, mm, no. Nope. Nope. Uh, they get the Ramona eyes, uh, Sonia's teeth. <laughs> um, there's a Giovanni thing. Um, ugh, one of, they have to like get something from Cartagena, the Cartagena trip, and there's like a toy boat uh, by the pool. But there's like several of them. I okay. will say this was fucking... I, w- I would have done what Luann did instinctually but Luann also takes the moment runs out by the pool and does as if she's in like Top Gun or something yeah like or like Baywatch does like the full fucking dive into the pool and the producer's literally going your mic back your mic back no (laughs) (laughs) over the years they haven't figured out how to just give these people like waterproof mic packs come on I mean but any excuse Luann will take she'll take it but also the the boat that they're looking for is literally right by the corner of the pool but 
But there's literally, like, there's one on the other side. There there's one two. that's in the pool, and then there's one over to the right that's kind of hidden behind a chair. How was she supposed to know which one to get? Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then they get to the final clue where they find out that in order to get the final riddle, they have to dial Harry Dubin. Which fuck I was, Harry Dubin. Fuck, fuck him, but I was like, oh my god, we're getting Harry Dubin on this fucking season? <laughs> but also notice we never got his face. No, he was like... He did not sign off to have his face on this... <laughs> On this show. Kristen breaks down the timeline of Harry on the show. Married Aviva, fake proposed to Sonia, slept with Luann, made out with Ramona. <laughs> like, Although, I, and I will say, the fake the fake proposed to, um, to Sonia or Ramona? Yeah, Sonia. Fake proposed to Sonia and then sleep with Luann's the same night right. at the same party. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God bless these man hoes. Like, I just... Uh, that season was something. They FaceTime Harry and to give them the clue. And Harry goes, this is the first time in Housewives history you've all been quiet. I cracked up laughing. Sonia just goes, read the fucking clue, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Sick of this shit. It's this like long metaphor, but the, an- the final answer is legacy. The, the end yeah. of this. And Kristen gets it first. Um, so Sonia, Kelly, and Kristen win. And they win a $100 credit to the Regency. <laughs> Every again, we're gonna like. And Kristen's we, like, well, I don't live in New York anymore. Is there an like, is there an LA one? Luann wants nothing to do with the Regency <laughs> anymore. Luann literally goes, I know I've used up all my credit at the Regency because the Regency's also where, where Tom, Tom was found <laughs> cheating with what's her name, some Bethany's friend or whatever, or not her friend, but yeah, yeah. But like, but like holy shit, the Regency has been like. Uh, an extra housewife over the years on New York. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, but again, like good on the, every, the, the way the producers structured this scavenger hunt stuff, really great job in the in the same way. I loved all the production that went to Salt Lake. This built to such a way with like a great conclusion with the Harry Dubin stuff. That was fantastic. Um, they all get ready to go out to dinner. Sonia and Ramona are, are getting ready. Sonia's like, this is good, right? And she's holding up a sweatshirt that says, give thanks, eat pie. <laughs> she wants to wear it out to dinner. But, like, what I love is that she tried to make it, like, an eating her pussy joke. And it it's literally just a Thanksgiving shirt about <laughs> eating pie at Thanksgiving. Right. So, it has nothing to do with oral sex. And then Sonia goes, that's what the young girls wear. And Ramona goes, you are not a young girl. Avery, she wants to wear it because she's on the phone with Avery too. As she's, this is happening. Avery, she wants to wear a shirt that says American pie. And Sonia goes, no, eat my pie. It's a subliminal <laughs> message. It's not. <laughs> Ramona says, my daughter's disgusted. She's hanging up. <laughs> uh, they all, okay. So then they're all meeting uh, by the front. Um, they all try to then take a photo together and Ramona keep, so I guess this is now a topic that comes up. Ramona keeps wanting to be in the middle of everything. Like she always wants to be in the middle of the photograph, uh, like the middle of the middle of the dinner table. But it's been that way since season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Luann's fucking done. She's like, take your own fucking photo and gets real pissed. <laughs> I love when you Luann gets angry. She get it's like a real sort of like like New York angry. Like she's just like yeah. okay, well, fucking whatever. What I what I love though is that it 
it's undercover though that Luann actually wants to be in the center and she's just taking advantage of the fact that she's tall to put herself in the center. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's she's true. like, no, I have to be in the middle because I'm the tallest. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but like, who gives a shit? You like, could also this be on the a, end. This is not a family portrait. We don't have to like have the shapes of the, uh, who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, so, but then they go to the restaurant in their vans, but Dorinda tells Luann, look, you should just run into the restaurant and get the damn seat because like, fuck this. And so Dorinda and Luann Kristen bolt out of the vans as soon as they get to the restaurant and grab the front person being like, yeah, we need to go our seats now. Like, (laughs) yeah, so they can get ahead of Ramona. And then when they get to the seat, Ramona just goes. I was going to give you the seat in the middle, but you got there first. <laughs> so, Fucking liar. <laughs> so he literally is like, you're lying right now. That's bullshit. <laughs> oh, my God. So, and, and so, so, like, when they were coming down and showing each other their outfits, like, Ramona was talking, yeah, I got this dress with butterflies, butterflies or whatever. And then, and then at the table, Ramona goes, Sonia, I want to tell you why I like butterflies so much. I met this woman, and she said, Ramona, I want to tell you this fable story. There was this butterfly struggling to get out of his cocoon, and it was pushing its way, and it was pushing its way, and he felt real bad. So he said, I'm going to take a scissor. And slice into the butterfly so the butterfly can go free. A scissor. <laughs> but, but it needs to be stronger. So we as women push ourselves through life and we're stronger because that's what we do. We're butterflies. <laughs> it's like great, great story. It's, it's literally like the, it's like the toddler telling you like the long winded, like five minute story. Like it's. Hey, can at it least really there, be studied that Ramona's just a toddler? At least there was plot to this. Five-year-olds have not accomplished plot yet. It re- but it, it was starting to almost become the the meme of you know, like when when the when you know and and when you you know that meme of that kid with like yeah. The, <laughs> um, Luann says that they were talking before how they're going to talk about like how all they all got together with their husbands or whatever. Um, Kelly talks about how uh, uh, Jill. Um, is it Jill? G-I-L-L-E-S is what I wrote in my notes. I forgot the pronunciation. Jill Ben Simone. Whatever. Whatever. Um, but the, <laughs> that he had gotten the ring to propose to her and like put it on her when she was like sleeping or whatever. But it wasn't like set correctly. So it literally like cut her finger and she was bleeding. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> like, yeah, not the greatest like sort of wake up call. <laughs> like, and he was, I think he said something along the facts of like, even if you don't want say yes, keep the ring. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. Well, but- it's embedded in her bone now. She doesn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, I love, I, I will say, I love when Dorinda talks about Richard and like yeah. sort of their time. Like she talks about how like they, you know, she, he was basically getting, you know, flustered by how she wanted to plan like this big thing. And he uh, one day was just basically like, you know what? We're going to the town hall right now and we're getting married and you can throw your big fucking party whenever, essentially. <laughs> I mean, it works for me. Yeah. Uh, did you did you hear the recent reports that she's thinking of selling Bluestone Manor? No. Yeah. She, she had thought that she was going to just hold on to it forever and then just... Um, recently just feels like maybe at some point she will, she will actually sell it. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that is really fascinating in the sense that I always, I mean, it gives me maybe hope that like it's got, it's a thing that she's moved 
past in a certain yeah. way. Because she, I mean, you could tell even through her time on the show. And she's very open. It's it's a weird juxtaposition because she's very open with her grieving and, yeah. like, you know, in terms of that. But also, like, it inhibits her in a lot of ways mm-hmm. in certain regards. So I feel like for her to make that kind of decision is, like, a really yeah. big deal. I mean, she hasn't even said definitively, yes, I'm going to sell it and I'm going to sell it at this point. She goes, well, in the future... You know, at some point, I'll probably sell it. And it's like, okay, well, that's a lot of wishy-washy. But at oh, least okay. you're thinking about it yeah. at this point. Yeah. That, that is a big move. Anyway, I just, that that blew my mind when I saw that. Yeah. Uh, Sonia then tries to, like, leap off a of Dorinda story. She's like, Dorinda, the, you know, I'm going to, this gives me a good time to mention mine. I'm not one-upping. I'm doing a parallel. <laughs> parallel. Um, and then so, oh, I couldn't even write all of this. So, because Sonia just goes. On and on and on with the story. Oh it was, it was about how she met her husband, about how they did like business together, and then they went on a date, and then he hit his head on the taxi, and he was bleeding, and then he put like toilet paper on it, and then Luann just goes, "So romantic." <laughs> <laughs> and then it just cuts, to, and it's all—it's so much exposition. And then well, it, they don't even show all of it, right? It they cuts like, to eight minutes later. Jesus. Christ. She's like, so he drove me home, and Luann goes, I thought he rented a taxi. And Sonia goes, I don't know how he drove me home. <laughs> what the hell? And then it goes to 12 minutes later, and now they're at their at the home, and they're walking the dog, and he, and he picked up the poop. And Luann goes, what happened to the ring? Kristen goes, the ring was in the poop. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he's like, no, this was our first date. Luann then is just like busting out fucking laughing at the table at this point. Sonia goes, what the fuck are you doing, bitch? Shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> she just won't fucking get to it. And it's just like, and it's all... and. He, well, he's like, it's hilarious at this point. I'm Luann at this point in this moment. And Luann literally says in the confessional, is it the dog poop? Is it your poop? Whose poop is it anyway? I'm also very confused as to what this has to do with Ramona's story about the butterflies. Well, no, it was Dorinda's story about Richard. Oh, See, Dorinda's story about Richard. Either way, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> but then she's like, I had the ring less than a week later, but I wasn't going to sleep with him yet. And they're like, what? Like... uh that's weird and ramona goes wait so you're engaged and you didn't even have his penis in you yet like okay now you know technical terms well that's the thing it's like (laughs) i don't like to you know champion leah at any point but it's like leah was right that last season where it's like ramona's a hypocrite in terms of what she does and doesn't talk about sex like yeah um and then landon just falls over in her chair because they're in the sand (laughs) and it, it's a whole mess. They end, but then okay, so it start because it starts as this like like I'm Luann, I'm I'm laughing at it. It's a hilarious fucking thing. They all start to go to the bathroom, and then I start to, and then Dorinda's like kind of getting annoyed by it, and she kind of like explains why, and it gets really kind of sad. She says her confessional, and and she says it in her very Dorinda way in the confessional. She goes. It truly reminds me of being an eight-year-old and sitting in front of the Disney Channel on Sunday night when they'd be like, tonight on Disney. And the fairy comes out and goes, ding, because this is not true. And it's like, oh, this is like, it, it gets really sad, honestly, yeah. because like Luann's telling Kristen, like, yeah, like Sonia, you know, she can do no wrong in my mind. But sometimes I just get so confused. And Dorinda and Ramona are having this full drunken conversation by the bathroom being like, it's just not true. Like, what the hell? Like, she's just making stuff up. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no. And Ramona's like, I'm trying to be patient with her. And Dorinda's like, it's just painful. But, like, it's also frustrating. And it's like, it's really sad. Because Ramona says something about, like, you know, 
what because they're like what's the point in telling her like she's she's embellishing she always does this where she embellishes and like makes stuff up at this point and like you know you can feel bad for her but like if we bring it up she's just gonna be really mad and like sort yeah. of like lash out at us which like huh and ramona is basically like i wonder if it's because she wishes that the stories she's saying are real like uh-huh. Like it's really fucking sad when you think about that it. That is really sad. Holy shit! I missed all. Like I, I kind of heard the conversation, but I didn't like think about it in that depth. And so it's just like they kind of wash over it on the episode. But like if you actually stop and think about it, holy shit! Like so, when you disengage, you sort of like just see the funniness in Sonia. But it's like. It, you do feel like she's masking something. And yeah. like, cause even if you watch like season three, she's not, when she first joined the show, she's not really like this. Yeah. And so like, yeah. And, well, and then we've also had her talking the last few weeks about how she doesn't have anywhere to live, how right. she's been living on people's couches. It's like, holy shit, Sonia. Yeah. It's, uh, like part of me is going, okay, well maybe that's not even true, but then the other parts part of me is going, well that would explain why she's like this. But also but also the discussion of like she doesn't reach out to them a lot. Like Luann hasn't heard from her a lot and like yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm yeah, I'm kind of worried about Sonia. But then we go Can back we do a wellness check on Sonia Morgan, please. Yeah. <laughs> she go back we go back to the table and Sonia and Kelly are the last two there. Sonia just keeps going with the story. She goes, I got pregnant and you know, first try, no stress in that. Can you imagine if I miscarried the first baby? And like <laughs> like dark shit. And then like What the fuck? But Kelly is just like staring at her. Like not saying but just like like placidly staring and so he's like first night we try to conceive millennial baby or millennium baby and the way kelly's just like hand in her like chin smiling like she's it's almost like she's high <laughs> like she's just, uh, she might be yeah and it's just like fading away uh it's 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 something else um they all come back to the table at one point sonia then falls out of her chair backwards and i love Kristen gets up and goes are we wearing underwear where's the kitty how's she doing (laughs) (laughs) sonia goes i haven't fallen in five years okay four years three years i haven't fallen down (laughs) (laughs) oh man and then when she didn't fall at all on crappy lake Pro- she probably did. She doesn't remember. I didn't. We didn't watch the whole season, but like we did. Like I don't remember half of that. So like she probably doesn't remember half of that. I mean, um, and then it just gets. But then it's like it's not even just Sonya at this point. They all just sort of like get because then Kristen just like is flashing Sonya's boobs across the table, like Jeez. like 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 really quickly, and Sonya goes boobs in the breeze, like. And then they all just like start taking their tops off and walking along the beach. Yeah, Dorina gets in the ocean like with her top off, and like Luann and Kelly and Ramona's like, "No, I have underwear on. No, I can't." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just the conclusion. It was such a perfect conclusion because it goes between that and sort of like when they get back to the house and they're all jumbled into the confessional together, just sort of like you know like drunkenly sort of like fonding on fondling on each other and sort of like oh you know the cast is finally meshed you know when this week's the last episode yeah oh, i think we got two more i think there's seven episodes and this is the fifth so okay Either well way. but even even then it's like we're coming to a close on this trip and you're finally all on one page sure 
Come on. Yeah. But it was nice. It was a fun little time. And yeah, everything they're doing with Girls Trip is just fantastic. So really, really good stuff overall. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're talking the season finale of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and you know, I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com Welcome back to A Game is NB. Let's head on down to the Bermuda Triangle where we're going to get Receipts, proof, timeline, screenshots, f***ing everything On Real Housewives of Salt Lake City The amount of times I have been quoting that over and over and over again Constant The way it's like superseded name them within like weeks Oh yeah Like <laughs> it's it's oh my god Real Housewives of Salt Lake City the finale it lived the fuck up to the hype. Like, oh yeah, it was so good. Like it is as I I it was as good as the Vanderpump finale. Like in terms of like delivering on all cylinders and like, God, this was a great fucking season of Salt Lake. Like before we get into sort of like all the stuff that happened and the drama and the the revelations. Like one, we've said it on this podcast numerous numerous times. Monica is such a fucking star this season. And, and, Absolutely. And, and the idea of, like, Monica not being on this season and what it then would not have been is, like, crazy. Oh, no. It would be dead. This would be the last season. Now, does that mean we approve of everything Monica has done this season? <laughs> You're like, uh. There is a question mark on that for me, and I will not know an answer to that till I fully know how deep Monica was in on this Instagram account. Yes. Because if all that Monica did herself was exposing Jen, then absolutely I'm behind her 1,000%. Bitch, better work. Right. But, like, I was going to say, credit to Monica aside for a moment. I think the – and it's going to kind of spoil my top and bottom. But it's like the underrated MVP of this season is Heather. 
It really is. And, and and particularly in this fucking episode, the way that Heather structured everything in this episode, it's one thing like for producers to sort of like mm-hmm. edit together a good episode and sort of like put something out. And the editing is great on this episode. Yep. But it uh, is also because of what Heather gave them oh, and yeah. how Heather structured things and how like she like is it a little over dramatic? Yes, but thank God it is. I kind because... of feel like Heather took this to production and said, "Okay, this is the storyboard." Right. <laughs> like I feel like somebody like storyboarded this out. They like drew things. They were like, "This is the shot I want on the beach." The, like all of it. Like we'll get to it. Like the the. I think the name of the episode was like mysteries revealed or something like that, and it, they they play off the idea of like unsolved mysteries, uh-huh. like sort of. Heather should narrate that fucking show. She's yeah. so good at it. And like I said, it is a little performative, but like I didn't mind it because she was so fucking good at it. Like yeah. it, it was it was top notch. Top notch fucking stuff. Like, okay, so to get into the episode, they start with the big sort of dramatic intro with like the lightning and the waves crashing and like the sort of build up to the dinner. And we and the way they edit it, it makes it seem like it's like I thought we know like Monica's like the big sort of like reveal at the end. Like we knew right. we knew it's something about there's something about Monica. But right. it's like the way they edited it in the beginning made it seem like everyone was fighting with each other. Right. And right. Then, and then we'll get to my theory too also about like what happened like in the structure of that dinner. But they really sort of bought I go in like thinking one thing that it's gonna be all towards Monica and then you see this pre this teaser and you're like, wait, is everyone sort of like intertwined in this in a certain way? Like is it not just about Monica? Like so it was really well done on that part. Yeah. Also, the under you were saying the underrated seventh housewife of this uh-huh. episode is the wind. Uh-huh. <laughs> It is like cut that bitch a check. It adds so much drama yeah. to everything that is happening. Like that that shot of fucking um Meredith on the beach <laughs> when they're having their little powwow. And her hair is just like all of, like, I, I just it's it's hair everyone's in caftans so it's like 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 it, and also like intensely wrapped in blankets at certain point. it's like so perfect it's, it's just like uh, I, you could run them their emmy i'm just saying like the chips aligned in such a way that it was so perfect now that's not to say that maybe people we'll get to the discussion of were chips constructed in a certain way and like what did people know in terms of like production about certain things which i think is a big unanswered question Well, and also what did the girls know at what point yeah who knew what when yeah when what did you know and when did you know it like like they they promised us the the all the stuff all the facts all the all the stuff and we didn't actually get all of it. I think we're going to get some at the reunion. I hope I, so. I, I, I did see the, like, they did, like, an, they did the trailer, but also they did, like, in between, like, commercials. They do, like, a preview, like, sort uh-huh. of, like, thing. And we do see a clip in there of Heather playing audio recordings. Ooh. So there is going to be, like, that okay. that distinct tea. Uh, so this is not going to be over for several weeks. Yeah. Got it. Um, And then we just flash backwards to eight hours earlier. Um, Monica and Whitney are waking up together in bed. 
Um, which I didn't know if they were in bed together the whole night. It seemed like they had makeup on. I'm just going to say that. Like, it seemed a little... Okay, sure. But also, they had mic packs. Sure, it's all... So, like, and and the production was let in the room by someone. So, like, there's a little... Yeah. We know. Monica goes, are you going to talk to Heather today? And Whitney goes, last night, like, pisses me off. Because I tried to go down to the beach and have a moment with her, but Heather still wouldn't even talk to me. It's like, yeah, Whitney. Like, I'm sorry. Here's we'll get Whitney in terms of the Heather fight from last episode with the whole "you exploited my vagina" thing. You're failing on this, Whitney. Like, in, in, yeah. In in so and and I. We'll, we'll get to it when they when her and Heather discuss it in her room more. But, like, she's like, you know, I tried to go down to the beach, but then, like, Heather wouldn't talk to me. So I th- she said something that she decided to grieve Shari some more or whatever. I don't know if she was just, like, at the beach, like, mm-hmm. doing whatever. Monica uh, then goes, you know, when I couldn't find you, I was like, hey, have you guys seen Whitney? And Lisa was like, no, she's probably somewhere being dramatic. Like, well, again, we'll get, like, we'll get to it later. That was so unnecessarily, like, messy. Monica had has tried throughout this season to put fissures in things. Right. And from a house... And when you're a Housewives fan, you're just like, oh, she's being a good housewife, right? She's just like, like, yeah, I want somebody that will, like, carry bones and do all this stuff that will, like, create these fights and stuff like that. Like, you want that as a Housewives fan. But even, like, IRL, right? Like... I would want to know if someone was talking like that behind my back. Sure. Cameras aside, I want to know if someone's being shady behind my back. You have a group of people who are more than willing to accept any tea and any information. Right. So, like, this would have happened with or without the cameras, I right. feel. Whitney goes, for Lisa to call me dramatic, I'm sorry, bitch. You're the one that lost your shit on a yacht. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we go later and then Whitney decides to knock on Heather's door to talk and discuss things. Whitney starts and goes, I'm sorry that I upset you so badly last night. I honestly didn't expect that reaction. And we were like, Whitney, shut the fuck up. Like, but even before we get to that, like as soon as Whitney opens the door or Heather opens the door actually to let Whitney in. Right, right, right. And I saw the outfit that Heather was wearing that set my whole body on, because you know that's the outfit she's wearing during the phone call. Right. So that that already started my body like getting antsy tense. and getting tense. Because I'm like, here it comes! Yeah. Here we go! Whitney then goes, I consciously didn't want to read the book because I was nervous of how I'd react. And then Heather goes, yeah, but I read you every page and every word, to, word of you. Like, I read you your whole section. And Whitney goes... And then I, you took out the part I asked you to take out. And Heather goes, you loved it. And Whitney goes, but I hadn't read it. Heather goes, but I read it to you. And Whitney goes, not after the revision. Oh, fuck off. Like, like Whitney, you are so wrong on this. I'm sorry. Like, she has no argument to stand on in terms of this. Yeah, like, I can understand if you're, like, I'm someone that when someone is reading something to me, it is really hard for me to fully absorb. But that's on me. That's not on, like, like that, that's on me to know and say, say hey, can you send me copy? Yeah. Hey, can you send me that written out? 
like so that I can physically read through it so that I can fully grasp what's right. getting published. But again, Heather sent her the final copy of her section. Right. So like there was no like extra thing that you were going to find or whatever. Heather goes, what part didn't you like? And when he goes, the Titanic analogy and like Heather reads it, it's just an, it's just like a reference of like, oh, get it? Like Jack, like Jack on Titanic sort of like, it's not like actually describing what's happening. It's just like a joke in the book. Yeah, it's not like actively saying like this was some sexual experience between the two. That's not what there was an allusion to. Yeah. Whitney goes, it made me feel like it wasn't in a she's doing it for her husband. It's like she's down to get on all fours. Okay. Again, not to sex shame Whitney. We've seen you and Justin in your bikini on all fours, in your bedroom, covering each other in in paint or whatever. Yeah. So, like, what are you like? What are you mad about? Yeah, I just I don't understand. And I can you know like I'm down on all fours and I can photograph her belly button to butthole. <laughs> Heather goes, I didn't use the term butthole, um, and she goes, I don't think you actually read it. Uh, Whitney says, you know, it hurt her feelings uh, and it made her feel taken advantage of. Heather apologized. She's he's like, she's like, I'm sorry. When Heather, he's like, Heather is completely in the right on this. She could have been like, oh, yeah, continuing it. And then she, uh, Heather hugs Whitney and goes, Cousin Whitney Rose, she's never had bad timing at all. And Whitney goes, it wasn't bad timing. It was just the one that br- you, the one that brought it up. You were the one that was crazy. Which I would have been pissed about, like. But then Heather just goes. <laughs> Heather's like, I gotta save my strength because today's gonna be a rough day. <laughs> okay, that's but that's the thing. Watching it back, knowing what how it ends out, I think Heather was like, I can't fight with Whitney at this point because I, I need her. Yeah, I need her. I need all the people I can to be allied with me in this moment because if I lose anyone, this isn't gonna work. Right. Like. And and that again credit to credit to Heather on that. Um, they head all onto the Sprinter van and they're all going to go riding on mopeds. I'm sorry, what the fuck was Meredith wearing? You're in fucking Bermuda. She's wearing a fucking tweed suit. It looks she like she acts like she's still in Salt Lake. She's wearing, like who are you, Emily Gilmore? What the fuck? Heather <laughs> Heather literally goes, "Can you ride a moped if you're wearing a double breasted blazer?" <laughs> But also she like people are also like poking that like she never drives. So it's like yeah. her being on a moped. The producer literally asked Meredith the confessional, when's the last time you driven a car? And she goes, Nah, I have no idea. <laughs> she literally looked like she was about to go have tea with the DAR. Yeah. Like that's was like, what the hell is going on here? Um, they go driving. Monica almost crashed into the van. And I love if you watch her back, she's like, Oh my god, I almost died. And the instructor was like no, but seriously, though, like, I can't, <laughs> like, do you, like, top of this fact that we're filming a fucking TV show, like, the liability if you fucking, like, really hurt yourself, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God, we cracked up laughing, too, they're driving, and Heather goes, oh, look over there, a goat, and then they <laughs> capture the goat going, oh, hey, bitch, 
And then goes, yeah. <laughs> it's cut back to the goats from when they did the the pioneer yeah. luncheon. The way Merlin and I, it was like two minutes cracking up over that. It took us a bit to like get back on track. Um, they all then break off to go shopping, and Heather and Angie and Monica are going to this like perfumery to shop. They're they're looking at stuff, and at one point Heather is looking at her like um pocketbook or whatever and i guess didn't bring your credit card uh-huh which why did you not bring your credit card sure and she goes Ange, can i borrow your credit card and angie goes i have a picture of mine so you also didn't bring your what you're going shop you you specifically knew you were going shopping like that is the one thing that i make sure i grab yeah but then Monica goes, I mean, I have money, you guys. Like, I can pay for it. And Heather goes, I'll pay you back at the house. So, two things. One, Monica, mean, we, we also watched Monica's Instagram live after this episode aired. And she says that Heather has not paid her back for this. Right. Which is hilarious. I also love her saying, deduct it from my 2000. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, but I, I'm going to play that in court that you just said that. Because isn't that you kind of admitting to guilt? But whatever. Um, no. It... I get it's satire. Or, or it's not satire. It's I, like, I mean, it's like... You can just deduct it from the 2000 you say I owe you. Yeah. Um, but so Monica then goes to pay and she, pay, people pointed out that it's a green, she pays first with like this green card, which I guess is a chime, uh, mm-hmm. uh, credit card, which is like one of those theoretically, but like, we don't see the whole thing. We just see that it's green. So I, people are assuming it's chime. Sure. Um, but also there's nothing wrong with fucking chime. Yeah. But there, it's not being approved. And the best part of this was Heather on the other side of the store looking at her like, really? Like, she she was, like, kind of, like, staring at Monica down with the fact that the car was declining. I felt it was more, it, it, you feel in the early sense that it's just, like, judginess. But I think there was also something in the back of her mind, uh-huh. which I find really funny, like, in retrospect. But then, so, like, Monica's like, oh, yeah, like, the international thing, I got to approve it. But she pays with a different card. A white card this time. Right. So was it just that she need? That was strange. I feel like what happened is that they cut out some of it in that she had to turn the card to where you are able to do international things, which is a thing. That was a problem when I went to Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it also, they probably also cut out a bit where it was like, okay, well, that takes a while to activate. So I guess here's a different card. Yeah. Because they didn't want to take up the whole fucking episode with it. Sure. Okay, so they then head back to the villa. And then we just get the flash that says, one hour later. And then there's lightning. And then, like, you know, sort of, again, dramatic music, all this stuff. And then we hear the phone ringing. And this is what, this was in the first scene of the trailer for the season. So this was the big... Well, not even just the trailer. This is literally the opening scene we see oh, for the right. season. Right. And it's Heather on the phone. Well, we don't see Heather. We don't see Heather because it's like the producer's camera. The camera's down or whatever. Heather's in like some other room, but her mic is on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she just goes, hey, what did you find out? Are you kidding me right now? Shut the fuck up. I'm trembling. I cannot believe it's her. How can she do this to us? I'm freaking the fuck out. And the producer's like, get in there. Get in the room. Like, like, she, like they're like, unlock the door, get in the room. And then he- they're going to the balcony and Heather is, sees the camera and goes, no, get out. 
You guys got to get out right now. Like, like, it looked like backstage at Jerry Springer. It was yes. like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, shoves them out of the room and like closes the door. And then we just get a flash that says four hours later. It's like, what happened in that middle time? We, we'll get to it. But like, it's just like four hours later. And then they're just getting ready for dinner. And it's like, what? And, and <laughs> so the, they're all getting ready. Heather is is in her yellow caftan with her green earrings and or it was either was it earrings or was it like the applique of the caftan? It was the the that big like jade looking necklace thing oh. that was like holding the caftan on. It was part of the caftan. Yeah. She says in confessional, I just got this devastating information and my head is swimming. But it's too big, it's too damning, and I have to deal with it. What's about to go down could change our friendships forever. It's such a dun, dun, dun. she's such a good narrator. This is what I'm talking about. And then they all sit down to dinner. And I was like, but wait, I thought they were on the like piecing together stuff from like the built like the intro part. I'm like, there was a part where Heather's on the beach. So like what? It's already nighttime and they're sitting at dinner. What's happening? I'm confused. We figure it out. They sit down and the tables are set up in a triangle with two people at each table. It's, again, like we said before, so poetic that it's in Bermuda and they're playing up on this like Bermuda Triangle shit. And then they also have at each of the table, they have the dolls that they made, the like napkin dolls from the Pioneer Day. They So Heather starts and she goes, the theme for the tonight's dinner is the Bermuda Triangle. And the way they cut to Meredith and she goes, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that she it went, it was supposed to be done, done, but to her in Meredith's mind, that's boom, boom. <laughs> she goes, and legend has it that the Bermuda Triangle is this mysterious devil's island where unsolved mysteries occur and are never explained. Heather then explains them that they're going to play a game that each one of you have a doll at your table of one of the corresponding people and that you can take the doll and ask that person about one unsolved mystery about them. Which I find, it's like, bitch, you set this up and you didn't make sure that you had Monica's doll. But it was such a good swerve. It was such a good swerve. Like, yeah. So, but, well, and we'll also get to it. Why, why I think, I think it was also intent. There was another intentional point of what doll Heather picked. So Whitney starts because she has Lisa's doll. She tells Lisa what Monica told her in the bedroom about Lisa saying that she was being dramatic. Lisa goes, I did say that because, and then Whitney cuts her off and goes, my mystery though, my mystery though is you're very dramatic. You jumped on the yacht yesterday and went after Meredith. Why is it okay if you do it, but other people can't? Lisa just goes, I was stating a fact. I thought you were being so dramatic. And I could be dramatic, and you could be dramatic too. <laughs> and Whitney goes, was I being dramatic or was I being emotional? What's the difference? <laughs> like, like, it's so stupid. The only difference is that... Whitney Houston didn't sing about being dramatic. <laughs> yeah. But she did sing about being so emotional. And then Monica points out, get ready, folks, because we're like, you can literally do a drinking game every time they say dramatic. And Heather goes, she's being dramatic. It was so dramatic. I just can, what, can I not be dramatic? You can be dramatic. I can be dramatic. It's just dramatic. It's just so dramatic. Whitney, it's, it's, they say it like 15 times. It's it, like, it's a lot. It's really funny, though. So then Meredith has Heather's doll. Meredith goes, my question for you, Heather, is 
We've been friends for several years now, and I'm just wondering why I didn't get a little more support from you on this trip. I mean, in the cave, you didn't speak up for me at all. <laughs> the way she says all. <laughs> speak up for me at all. <laughs> like, what where is she from? Is this? Like, God. Heather then goes, Monica was very clear and very convincing, and you didn't really even have an issue with it. Meredith goes, Heather, I have matured and don't react to lies by screaming and yelling. And if me being able to answer in a normal tone of voice isn't enough for you to believe me, that hurts me. Heather goes, it wasn't just that we, you know, me believe, that believed Monica. We all believed her over you. We all think that's what happened. Why do you think that we believe her? And then she turns to Monica and goes, why do we all believe you, Monica? Now looking back, did Heather and Meredith set this whole, like, fake fight up? Maybe. Because why would Meredith, like... Why would Meredith pin that on Heather? And if Meredith knows going into this dinner what Heather told her, why would she think... Why would she make a point to say Heather didn't have her back? Right. I think it was structurally set up to where then... Heather can then go, why do we all believe you, Monica? Pose the question to Monica. Monica then goes, I don't know, probably because I had the evidence, I had the proof, I had the DMs, I had the timeline, and I threw myself right into that fire, and I owned it, and it added up. And then Heather goes, so it had nothing to do with it being the truth? Monica goes, no. I I mean, like, the first thing I just said was that I had the proof. And Heather goes, oh, the proof. Like, very, like, cuttingly. But also, like... Y'all don't believe a lot of things that are actually true. So even like revelation aside, right? Right. Her being, her telling the truth actually has nothing to do with whether y'all will believe her or not. Sure. Just saying. But, and, and, yeah. Because you didn't believe that Jen was a fucking felon. Well, yeah. And we'll get to sort of that um, hypocrisy to a certain extent from the, from the ladies. But the fact that we didn't even know at this point the gift that Monica just gave Heather on the on a silver platter oh, by yeah. her answer. Yeah. It's so great. Lisa then goes, I mean, we're not really getting anywhere with this, Heather. And then uh Whitney says, It's your turn. I also think Lisa and Whitney know. Yeah. I, I think I think the OGs are all in on the plan. Yeah. I think at this point, like everything the way it's moving is is the plan. Heather picks up the dog and goes, well, I have side eye Meredith. I really don't have that many unsolved mysteries, burning questions about you. I do, however, have a few questions about, and then she literally like wags her finger like in a circle and goes, Monica, you know, I have an unsolved mystery, if you will. And the best part, Monica's literally wrapped like a burrito with this blanket. <laughs> She's like poking her head out. She goes, oh God, like... But, like, Monica, okay, so Monica on her Instagram live says she knew this was coming. And it actually warned production at the start of the trip that this was going to happen. I I don't know if I believe Monica on that. I think that's a very, I think that could be a very good thing to say after the fact. Whether there is, like, like the, the informing production, maybe. Like, if there's evidence of that, I could believe that. But I don't know if... I don't know how much she knows about what Heather knows. 
Heather then goes, the mystery for me with Monica is, who is the real Monica? When I met you, we bonded over being single moms, moms of daughters, and we really had a great time. Lots of fun, charming, funny, witty, smarter than probably people think. <laughs> and the way, like, Monica is just also just, like, stood at attention, like, listening to her. Because whether she knows, like, what Heather's saying, Heather's, the tone is just so pointed. Yeah. You know something's happening. Yeah. It's just so off. She goes, and I thought pretty much like an open book, truth teller, but I don't feel like that's who the real Monica is. The real Monica is someone who really doesn't want to be our friend, but wants to profit for our lies and our pain. And I thought, no, not enough people are talking about this. The best scene in this episode to me is Monica intently listening as Heather is saying this. Cause we, all we know is that Heather going at this point in the episode, all we know is Heather knows something, nobody else. Right. All we know is Heather knows something. Monica's like staring at Heather and then she turns and looks at everyone else. And the first thing she sees is Meredith and Meredith is glaring at her and Whitney is glaring at her. And so is Lisa. Lisa looks like she's about to start fucking crying. And it's like, the, it's Monica realizing that like, oh no, something really is up. <laughs> Angie has no clue. Angie's out of the Completely. Angie's probably just snacking. Like it, what? There's food? <laughs> is it Greek? <laughs> and then Heather goes, I know who you really are. And who you really are is, and then it crossfades, and then it goes two hours earlier. And then it then becomes American Horror Story Coven. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Everything's in, like, sepia, and, like, Heather is on the beach in her yellow caftan blowing in the wind. We see long shot of Whitney just walking down the stairs as Heather just waits, head down, very somber. Whitney comes up and goes, are you okay? Heather goes... Give me a minute. Let's wait till everyone's here. Lisa comes up and goes, I got your text. What's going on? Are you okay? I'm nervous. She's like, let's wait for Meredith. Meredith gets there. And Heather goes, there's something I need to tell you guys. And it's big. And it's not good. Lisa goes, what is it? You're going to cry. Heather. Like, Lisa was the best. Lisa was so fucking funny in this. Lisa was very much taken over by the spirit of Moira Rose it during was, this. And it was like, baby. <laughs> what, what's up with Monica? <laughs> Heather tears up and gums, goes, we've come a long way for us four. And Monica is not who she says she is. And Lisa goes, Okay. <laughs> she is not our friend. She's someone that has schemed and worked to infiltrate our friend group. And Lisa goes, okay, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and the name that you all know her as, the woman whose birthday we celebrate. She's just put, like, oh, like, yeah. like pulling it out like as long as possible, stretching as much as she can for dramatic effect. The woman whose birthday we celebrated... We have been trying to champion 
and support and defend. And it's just dramatic music. Dun, 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 Is reality Von Tease? And Lisa goes, no, no. Mary goes, what? And then this is where Heather gets her full fucking monologue in the confessional. She goes, Reality Von Tease was an Instagram account created over three years ago and was dedicated to annihilating and exposing Jen Shaw. But it quickly expanded to troll all of us. Me, Whitney, Meredith, Lisa. These were character assassinations. And then we're seeing the screenshots from the Reality Von Tease page. There was a thing about like... um. Jen saying Jen says that Heather is like her tranny friend or whatever. Like like fucked up shit. It's really yeah. nasty, like sort of um there was the one about um Mary had tweeted something about how like like something nasty about Whitney doing stuff in bathrooms or something like that. And right. like the allegation that she was like, like basically sexually assaulting people. So there was like I didn't get that she was sexually assaulting. Or she was she forcing was like, her, like No, it was that she was like had like a was like hooking up with people and like cruising basically. Yeah. Yeah, well there was I didn't see anything on there that was like sexual assault. I yeah, I yeah. I feel like that was how Mary implied it. I don't I don't know. But I I will point out that nothing on there originated from reality Vontees on those screenshots. Sure. All those things were shared from other blog posts and there was kind of like, it like radar online it. like other people's tweets all those sorts of things here's and and, and i'm curious also to like when you go to the reality von t's page right now it's really only jen stuff right it's like stuff about jen but like lisa's saying like they probably deleted stuff in the lead up to this so and possibly i kind of knew of reality von t like i, I had seen if, it someone, if someone mentioned the name i'm like i may have heard about that but i've never i didn't follow the page i don't know right. what's on the page like in for it, the years it's at been the on. end of the day it's not any more or less than any of the other blog sites that are out there and by sites i mean these accounts right sure they that we like the most is some of the well some of the gen stuff if it is if it broke the thing like her screaming at her assistant and abusing right. him, which I remember when that came out, it was a big fucking like like And that was filmed by Monica, which we knew as viewers like towards the beginning of the season. But I don't think they knew but at I, the time. Right. I'm not sure the timeline of when that was made aware to the girls. Yeah. Lisa goes, You are kidding me. How did you find this out? Heather says her confessional. Before I even met Monica, I knew her through her, her mutual friend Tanisha. Tanisha had been my hairstylist for over three years, and she used to be Monica's closest friend. I will point out. I know what you're about to say. I will point out. She acts as if and lays that that sentence out as if Tanisha is no longer her hairdresser. When, in fact, Tanisha was at that shoot for that confessional because she had done that look. And you can go back on Tanisha's page and see the look of Heather in her confessional look for the hair that she had done for her. From that day. Right. So it's not like Tanisha was fired after Heather found this out. Tanisha is still in Heather's circle. That is my big question for Heather as to why Tanisha is still in her circle. Like, unless there, unless, unless it's just to get all, because it seems Tanisha has a lot of dirt about Monica. 
And so maybe keeping it close for now, that might be my only explanation. But because there's still that lawsuit coming. So I don't know. Like she uh, but she uh, then says. Monica has a way of handling sensitive information that made me feel so uneasy. At first, I just thought she was oversharing, but looking back on it now, it was something much more sinister. She uses information as a weapon. She relished in the dirty, dark details in the secret scandal. I also love how much Heather loves alliteration. Uh (laughs) Well, she is a writer. Yeah. Even the dark stuff about her, she was so quick to tell the world because she's so used to exposing everyone else's. Now... I think this is a little bit of like. This is a little contrived. Like going backwards. Like, yeah. you know, like going backwards and like. I don't think she felt like a certain way just from simply how. Like she was. Op, how Monica was operating of just like the Angie rumor. And I, I don't right. think that was like, ooh, this feels. I don't know if I buy that completely. I think maybe once the with this whole recent stuff with the Meredith DMs and stuff like that, that probably clued her in in certain ways. Maybe, yeah. Um, she goes, but in the moment, I didn't see it. And right before we left for Bermuda, things started to get really weird. It started when I went to Beauty Lab to get a gift card for Monica and discovered that we had three Monicas with three different last names with the same birthday. So I immediately called Dre and she discovered that one of those Monicas had never paid her bills and owed Beauty Lab a lot of money. And that is, I mean, same birth, when she mentioned the same birthday, three Monicas, that is like that's not just happenstance. Monica said that it's, it's only two. Right. Monica says it's only two, which is Monica Fowler, which is her married name. Right. And Monica Garcia, which is her her maiden name and her current name. Yeah. And then I think I think we brought up on the podcast before the lawsuit with Heather basically suing her right. because of unpaid stuff from Beauty Lab and now Monica's countersuing say they bought did it like a botched job essentially. Right. And so yeah, so all that's gonna play out. Heather goes, but when all the stuff started to go down with the DMs with Meredith and Monica, nothing was making sense. And then we see a flashback to the pirate dinner. Monica says at the pirate dinner, they don't show it in the episode where the the dinner aired, but that she said, oh, and by the way, I also got a DM from that same account just 40 minutes ago. Right. I don't think that helps Monica's case. Because why would Meredith do that? Why would Meredith send another DM that closely? Yeah. I just, it doesn't, I don't understand that strategy. I also don't know if, here's the thing. I don't know if the DM thing is Monica. That could be either. That could be a separate thing that she's capitalizing off of. Right. I think she likes to stir shit, clearly, like we mentioned, but. Well, but. Did she ever clarify whether the DM that she got was on her personal account? That maybe it was somebody sending a tip in to Reality Von Tees. That's a great point. That's a good point, actually. Like people do that shit all the time, and she's even said every single one of you ladies have sent tips in. Yeah. To Reality Von Tees. Well, I don't know if she said they sent tips in. I think she said that they loved everything that they were doing over there and was very much in supportive and resharing stuff. And not maybe not resharing, but like sort of being like, yes, like when it's not you and it's somebody you hate, yeah, you're going to cheer it on. Yeah, but it's like it, 
like she she likens it later in the episode to Gossip Girl, and it's like, yeah, if you've seen that show, no one's hands are clean, right? Everyone is just as guilty as the other person. The only person who you can say is objective is Gossip Girl. Yeah. Because she puts everything out there. Cell made a really great point, our, our friend Cell, who we had on the podcast uh, before, um, on Twitter, about how is this different than some of these women sending shit to blogs, sending shit to Radar yeah. Online. And and that's a really good point. And I, I'm curious. I would love to know from Andy, do the Salt Lake City girls leak shit? I mean, in fairness, they didn't leak anything about this season. No, they didn't. Which um, made it great. Yeah. So, but I would be curious of that. Also, other shows, this is what we want. Yeah. We want shit to not get out. We want, this is, like, I've ranted about it on this podcast before, like, how we don't really get to that cinematic moment of finding out with everyone else that's watching the show all of the tea like uh, instead it leaks in blogs it leaks over here the other thing and the place and the stuff it's all leaked so right. we don't have any surprises left this is how i want to experience the housewives yeah um heather says that like the merited dm stuff and then the comment that monica made to her on the beach of just like i didn't think she would do something like that i would do that shit like like set something off in Heather's head to a certain extent, which, which I defended at the time because guess what? I would too. Yeah. <laughs> like Heather then says, knowing how well Tanisha knows Monica, I called her and she had a crisis of conscience and came clean. She told me there's something I need to know about Monica, that Monica was reality Von Teese, and Tanisha was there for all of it. Within minutes, my phone was flooded with screenshots, text messages, audio recordings, videos, photos, DMs, volumes of evidence exposing Monica, and I was devastated. Now, I will, because Tanisha is now on Instagram, like, say, right. and she's posting stuff, like, we'll, we'll get to some of the details later, too, of, like, wh- where it plays with Tanisha's evidence. Like, and I do think Tanisha is downplaying her role. Absolutely. I think she was as much part of it as with Monica as, as that cat was his name. Uh, uh, Koa. Koa. Like all, I think they're all equally involved in this. Right. I, I don't think you can say now like, yeah, I was just helping a friend and it wasn't my thing. Yeah. Can't really say that. Is Koa the one that was, because Koa I know is a fashion designer. Right. Is he the one that was getting yelled at in that clip that Monica released? Which one? The, the the one that went that reality oh, Bontis is the one that released. I got it. If if someone can remember, like because I if I remember correctly, I think it was about fashion, and he was Jen's fashion it person. Mi- it might have been. It might have been. Yeah, I I'd have to look it up again. But and there yeah. there is a fourth person that we don't know the name of yet. No, well, um, well, when we get to, so it also came out today. That Jen Shaw did file a cease and desist at one point against right. Reality Vontese. And there is a person named in it, like, named Savannah. Savannah. So maybe that's the fourth person. Right. But also, you said Tanisha's not named in it. Right. Tanisha's is- not named. It's um, Koa is named. Uh, Monica is named as Monica Fowler. Right. And um, this Savannah, I think it's um, Gonzalez. Savannah yeah. Gonzalez is named. Um, but Tanisha is not named. Yeah. Now I wonder if that's just from a lack of information. 
Maybe. Because did Jen even know Tanisha if they were Heather's person and was in that but, world? Uh, Tanisha but, was Jen's hairstylist. Was she as that's well? That's how she was in that circle. Okay, I didn't know that part. That At least that's what I've gathered is that that Tanisha was Jen's hair person, that Koa was her designer, that Monica was just like an Monica assistant. was her assistant, and then there was probably someone else who was an MUA. And yeah. maybe that's Savannah. Maybe. Who knows? But those are the people who started Reality Vontese. That group of people yeah. started Reality Vontese to take down Jen for the way that she treated her people. Which, again, not an unnoble cause. Very Robin Hood. Right. <laughs> like, like, I, I'm fine with that. I'm here for that. Yeah. Heather then says, but I still needed to make sure this was ironclad, that this was the truth. So I reached out to my friend at Beep. Which, meta, clearly meta. It's very clearly meta, which, like, that could be a lawsuit if they didn't right. censor that. Because that that's private account information. Yeah. I sent them everything, and today they called me back. Whitney tells Heather on the beach, that account has annihilated all of us. And she goes, released all the videos about Jen. That was Monica that recorded them. All those audio recordings and behind the scenes secrets, things that have hurt and affected our lives that we fought over for three years were all posted, curated, and spread by her. And then, well, and... Okay, I'd like to know what, what of those things are they alleging are lies? Well, sure. are are they lies or are they all truth? Because if they're all truth, then reality Vontese is absolutely innocent. Because if all that shit actually y'all did and came out of y'all's mouths, the guilty party is y'all. Sure, but the, again, like you, you can't expose things that are lies, right? Heather then tells them, "I want to confront her at dinner tonight, and I want you guys to back me up." And then Meredith just is crying, going. Like, I'm really a wreck. I'm freaking out. I'm just so tired of people trying to hurt us. Cue the Rembrandt painting. Like, it's yeah. just... This is so fucked up. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's visually stunning. Yeah. Just, uh, I need this, like, as a as a relief mural painted on the wall. Like, of just uh, Meredith's face with the hair... With the wind. It's so good. It's and her makeup is impeccable. <laughs> like it's the best she's ever looked. Yeah. It, it was like, I, I don't what is this? We then flash back to the dinner in real time. And then Heather tells her, Who you really are is the cyber bully, internet troll, reality Vontees. Monica, there's like a long playing fast and loose with the word cyberbully. I think well, it applies more here than it does with Robin. I think, in my view, to a, I, th I think to a certain extent, Monica is just like silent. Like there's a long Monica. Here's the thing. Well, Monica stand eventually stands two to two toes down, and I appreciated her for that in the sense that even if she's fucking wrong and fucked up and lying even throughout this, she's like, no, I'm gonna fucking like nail. Yeah, but there are definite moments. Where she's pausing and sort of like trying, you can see a wheel turn to be right. like, how do I handle this going forward? Right. She just goes, Heather. And Heather goes, you are reality Von Tease. And she goes, no. Heather goes, you are reality Von Tease, And I have the facts to prove it. And I have texts from your phone number. And Monica goes, what? 
she goes, of you saying, I'm Reality Vontese. I'm applying to be friends with these girls. Do you want to see the receipts? And Monica goes, yeah, I would love to see it right now. And then Heather goes, oh my gosh, that's how you know I'm telling the truth. I have your perfect formula. Receipts. Proof. Timeline. Screenshots. Fucking everything to know that you are a fucking bully and a fucking troll. It's like... (laughs) My my entire body was humming. I levitated off the chair, started glowing, exploded into a thousand pieces. And the way when she like bangs her heads together to go receipts, proof, and the sound effect of the it's like a the gunshot gong. going off. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it's good. And she goes, and you don't deserve to be at this table or anywhere near any of us the way that you treated us. Every single one of us has woken up in fear for the shit that you posted. Monica goes, that is bullshit. That was never my fucking account. Heather goes, you are reality Vontese. I know you are reality Vontese. Monica then goes, that's not true entirely. And everyone's like, oh. Lisa goes, what do you mean entirely? What does entirely mean? And Monica goes, that means it's part true. And Lisa goes, oh my God, disgusting. It's disgusting. She goes, Lisa, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's so fucking good. One of my underrated favorite lines is Heather going, you think you could sit at our table and have us celebrate your birthday? <laughs> Like, which you did after you knew all of this. Okay. Well, yeah, but it's like the sacredness of like, (laughs) see my, my conspiracy theory brain says that because it was at the pioneer dinner where Heather changed, right? Where her attitude towards we Monica were saying swapped, that. It's right? A, it felt weird. It, it was like it, it felt weird because they started planning this trip. What if the only reason they started planning this trip <laughs> is because Heather wanted to use the, the the setting of Bermuda, the setting of Bermuda Triangle, to expose all of this, and yeah. she was still gathering her bits, right? But she knew. That's what I think. She knew right before they started planning this trip. And that's why she planned this trip. Yeah. Whitney grabs her chair and goes, I can't be with her. And moves her chair to sit next to Meredith. It's it's so great. Monica goes, you aren't even listening to anything that I'm saying. And Heather goes, you infiltrated this friend group. You sought out Jen Shaw on social media. And then you worked for her as a blonde named Monica Fowler. And then you got caught on security footage in Meredith's store when beep stole the clutch and we were both just like what like that is a and then they show the security footage and it's definitely it's her. clearly her monica goes that wasn't me i didn't fucking steal shit and mary goes you were at my star monica and it is on security footage <laughs> So, like, okay, so when did you know enough to check That's security footage? And and, Mon- and Monica goes, I didn't say I wasn't in your store. I didn't steal from you. And then Meredith goes, I'm not accusing you of stealing, but you said this is the first time I have been here. And they cut to two months ago when they had a scene where Meredith brought Monica into the store. And Monica goes, wow, this is so amazing. I've never been here before. Like, that's like... That's bad. Like that's really but bad. But also, but also I would just like to 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 point out the crime allegedly is lying about having been in her store before. Sure. 
Yeah, that's that's damning. That's really but, bad. Well, okay, hold on. But it like to act as though you've never again to never be around these people and sort of We'll get to also, we're not talking about it as much right now, but the video that got posted yesterday of Monica and her mom. Right. Which got posted by Tanisha. That got posted by Tanisha. There is a part element of that Monica is is just trying to get in and just trying to make right. us become a star. And is like, like that to me, it's not that like she was in, again, Meredith's not accusing her of stealing the clutch or being involved in the plot to steal the clutch. But it's like when you act as though you've never met You've never been in my store. You act as though... Well, but why would she? Why would she want to tie herself to Jen with these women? Jen is something that everyone wants to move beyond and move past. So why would they then accept Monica? I mean... Knowing that she had ties to Jen... Would not the better idea be to become friends with the women and then mention that you worked for Jen for a couple months? Sure. It's, yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. Sure. And I understand. I'm giving Monica a lot of of rope, (laughs) Right. right? But we don't have any solid proof of anything. A lot of the, like, the but things is, that they're but it, accusing. But she, is now, but she is now admitting to stuff. She's admitting that, like, of, of her role at the very least yes. in the reality Von T stuff. And, like, but that the is role like, is of, of what? To take down Jen. Sure. But she still claims to this day that she didn't have anything to do with the other women. But she does get, okay, we'll get to it. She does give an answer that I'm like, I don't think you can absolve yourself. We'll get to it. There's something that she says in one of her confessionals that I find. Sure. Very... And I know what you're talking about, but I don't think that that necessarily makes her a bad person. I'm not, but again, bad person or not, but she's, she's lied by omission is my only point. Heather goes, you're a liar and a fraud. And Monica goes, okay, Heather. And then Lisa jumps in and goes, and you were doing drive-bys, Jen Shaw's house. And she goes, what? (laughs) Are you serious right now? And Lisa goes, yeah, you used to do drive-bys, Jen Shaw's house. And so Tanisha, that's another thing that Tanisha's like revealed, which is that Tanisha, it it got caught too, that she kind of was also doing them as well. So I'm not going to give Tanisha off the hook for that. But also, can we talk about why was she, why do drive-bys by people's houses? What do you what information are you going to get? I mean, maybe they were doing it after certain things were posted, and they were trying to get her being erratic or something sure, as but, a response. And, and I don't know. And it wasn't just Jen's house, though, right? And that, but Tim, okay, but that that if I'm the girls, I'm like, this is too far. I can't be around this woman. I like I, like right. it's, it's that is stalkerish. It's really it's really fucked up. Yeah. Like, and that I, I, I fully sympathize with them. I love Monica fires back and goes, I don't have to do a drive by when I was with her all the time. You dumb bitch. <laughs> and then Lisa then just goes up and goes, I don't want to fucking hear your fucking mouth ever again. And she stands up and goes, you want to call me a dumb fucking bitch? You're a dumb bitch because your ass just got caught writing a cyberbullying account while you're working for a fucking felon. You're a fucking dumb bitch. And Monica goes, you're a fucking dumb bitch. As this is happening, you see in the background of the screen door in the house, <laughs> producers trying to run out because they worry Lisa's going to fight her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
it's it's so funny to like see the scurrying in the background. Yeah. Lisa goes, you trolled every fucking one of us. And Monica goes, I did not. You guys are not listening. And then this is where Monica in her confessional goes, Von Tease was never just one person. It wasn't just me. There were several other humans involved. But bottom line, our mission was to take down Jen. The other women were just collateral damage. And then she like shrugs. That's the comment where I'm like, you can't just say they were collateral. Like to say they were collateral damage. Is well, like it. It's probably more that they had things that on Jen that also implicated Heather in things that also implicated Mary in things that also implicated Meredith in, or also implicated other people. Did they? That's a you. You just saying that actually made me think of something. Can we find out from like the sleuths of like old posts from the, if they deleted posts or whatever? Did they post anything about Mary and the church stuff? Ooh. Because Monica's only ally right now is Mary. Right. So that might be bad for her yeah. if there is any of that stuff. Because it's juicy stuff. You would, yeah. you would think you would post it. Monica goes, I never talk shit about you, about you. None of that shit. None of that shit. And then Angie mocks her and goes, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Angie, the ba- also, the fact that Angie doesn't know any of this in the lead. Like, she was kept completely out of the fucking loop. But she's like, no, I got to get in. I'm pissed, too. <laughs> My Aunt, Aunt Monica goes, Angie, watch your fucking self. And Angie goes, bitch, watch your fucking self. And then Monica goes off and goes, Angie, let's talk about your involvement. Let's talk about your involvement. You want to talk about how you were involved with reality von Tees? let's go there because i'll come at it with your ass and like we were like oh what does this mean i want does monica i wonder well maybe we'll get the answer at the reunion if monica means more than what she said because well angie then goes how was i involved laughing at your stories and then we see screenshots that angie sent to producers right because you can clearly see who's done what of her sending like heart emojis to variety von there was one about like angie h being thirsty and it's like getting angie harrington from the side in this (laughs) it's like she's not even here this season (laughs) leave her alone yeah she, Monica Confessor goes, these women are so ridiculous. Oh, my God. I'm so shocked. Reality Von Tees. Oh, this is awful. Bitch, don't act like every single one of you weren't constantly watching and DMing that page like you were our biggest fans. And that is a fair point. That is what I mean, though. It's like, okay, so if y'all are constantly DMing the fans or that page, right? Yeah. How many of these tips came from y'all? Right, but also, what are like? Are they t- like? What is the validity? Like, are they all? T- are they all truthful? Right? Like, is it all just truth, or is there any of it that's just like conjecture? No, like- it's just the tabloid page. Right. It's not any more or less than like a TMZ or a well, TMZ actually does vet their stories nowadays. Yeah, but they didn't used to. I mean, it- I'm just saying, there's definitely pages that are much more egregious in terms of like making up stuff. So I, right again, I don't know. I would love to see more. I need to do more excavating from, in the post. From what I remember, Reality Vontis only shared what other people shared, other than the videos of Jen, right? Which they had obtained firsthand. So, like, I, I don't know what's so egregious here. Right. Also, if y'all aren't doing this shit. 
then what is there to expose? Well, that's yeah. why are you afraid of your shit getting out? If you're not an awful person, you actually don't have to live in fear. Well, again, yeah, like in the in the if it's just like the blog, if we're just talking about the blogger stuff, yes, the stuff I was mentioning about like the stalking outside the house, I think yeah, that, that's weird. Like that, like that, I can't be around that person. Like it's right. like you know, Monica goes sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up, and then Angie. Angie has like a short like cocktail glass and she's like pounding it into the glass table and goes, <laughs> she goes, don't fucking talk about me. I'm like, you're going to fucking like, like break something. What are you doing? Monica goes, go pay the IRS. Go fucking pay the IRS. <laughs> like, uh, but again, like Monica going two toes down and just like, this is what made the episode so good is that Monica didn't like, like cower. Yeah. Even if she's lying, even if it's bullshit, I, at least she's not cowering. Yeah. And then Mon- <laughs> fucking Angie goes, bitch, I'm rich. My shit is fucking current. And then Angie fucking picks up a flower arrangement like she's about to fucking throw it at her. Yeah. Monica goes, go ahead, throw it, throw it. And Angie goes, I'll shove it down your fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like mob wives. It gets this, intense. This honestly really is the kind of reaction that I wish had happened. On the Gossip Girl finale where you find out who Gossip Girl is. Yeah. And this, they handled it so much better. Yeah. And it's just like, no, none of these characters are that level-headed. Like, they should have had this blow-up fight. Monica goes, that's hilarious because I'm co- I'm being completely honest with you. And Whitney goes, you're not being honest because you ran the troll account that attacked me for years. Monica goes, I didn't do that, Whitney. That was never my account. It was fucking Tanisha's account. Whitney goes, then why are you okay with your best friend doing the account and sit here with us? That is so fucked up, Monica. And I would say as well. You could you need to pose that question as well to Heather as to why right. she keeps Tanisha as a hairstylist. Also, why Heather is still friends with Angie H and her husband who did the same fucking shit last right, season. Right, 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 right. And they doubt and, and Heather was kind of excusing it to a certain extent to Jen, right? Because Jen wanted it to be taken more seriously. Now, like what I will say, I do when Heather when I also do think to a certain extent. Like I said before, I think Tanisha's downplaying her role in it. I think Monica, to a certain extent in this conversation, is also downplaying her role in it to a certain extent by saying it was Tanisha's account. Right. It's all four of you. It's all yeah. of you. You can't, like, say, like, it was more one person than the other. Right. Like, yeah. Um, Mary goes, what did you do with that account? You tell us. And Heather goes, you need to own it right now. Monica is just pausing and just, like... Again, it's another sort of like, how do I move forward? There is moments of that. And she goes, okay. Some of the videos I took of Jen that my beep told me to record of her, they were posted on there. What was that sensor? I don't, I don't know. Of that her, her something. Maybe her mom. that's telling, but, but, but why would they beat that? I don't know. Yeah. I, but, I, but it was a small, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was my something. So it's, it's like a title. Not, it's not a name. Not, right. It's a title, not a name. So it's like my friend, but why would that be bleeped? My mom is a specific person. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's nothing other than mom that is a specific person. Right. So I don't know why that would be bleep. Unless her mom was like, you better fucking bleep me out of this because I'm not getting legally responsible for Maybe. it. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. 
Lisa goes, what are you going to do? Video all of us and post it online when you're pissed at us? Monica goes, what are you talking about? You're so stupid. Lisa goes, such a fucking loser. Fucking loser. Monica goes, no, fuck you, you dumb old fucking piece of shit, leather rubbery bitch, Donald Trump hands. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) We were like, Fuck! We also thought she said Donald Trump fan. When you listen back, she that, said, that is what the caption says. It did say in the caption. It, it's she said Donald Trump hands, like her hands were orange. Which, but still, I mean, Lisa did donate to Ted Cruz. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's public record. Uh, Lisa goes, I don't want to be around someone who's going to video me and post it online. And Monica goes, Well, don't abuse your employees, then, bitch, and you'll just be fine. Which is your point, and I fully agree. Right, that's my point. Like, if there, if the point is to expose housewives in uh, in Salt Lake City for being abusive to their squads, right? Then all you have to do is not be an asshole. Yeah. And it, that's real fucking easy. Yeah. When he goes, you have lied to me and used me. And Monica goes, I didn't lie to you, which is more than any of you have ever fucking done about your dark little ass secrets. And Whitney goes, there are no dark ass little secrets. Clearly you're the one with the secrets. Which, sure. It's, I mean, it's credit on Monica for trying to just like turn it back on them. But like that, I don't think was the biggest hit. Monica, Monica goes, I didn't do shit. Tanisha started the fucking account. Beep, started the fucking account. Beep, ran the fucking account. It was all these people. So you could bring it on to me all you want. I didn't say shit about anyone else other than Jen. A hundred percent. And I will own that to the grave because that little whore is one of the worst humans I've ever met in my life. Talking about Jen. Talking about Jen. And I think we deciphered who the beeps were. If it's the people well, from Well, I the- mean, it, it has to be Koa and Savannah. Right. Like, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Now, so, on some of those text message threads, there's an initial P, but I can't figure out who that is. I have not yet gone through and, like, searched <laughs> on Instagram to see if I could figure out who Samantha Gonzalez you is. You are such a fucking detective, and I love it. Look, look they're going to give us information. I'm going to go and search for it. I found Koa because his, like, Apple ID was exposed on one of those text messages. Yeah. So it's like... Well, yeah, I'm going to go fucking search and figure out who that is. And, of course, I see that he's worked with Jen. So, like, clearly, like, he's her designer. He was part of the Jen squad. So, like, or part of the Shaw squad. Yeah. So, like, clearly, this is all made up of people who were in the Shaw squad. Right. That's what makes sense to me. That's the story that that makes sense. So, to me, it would make sense. For those people to then after Jen or after they got fired from being working with Jen for them to separate and infiltrate the squads of other housewives. Right. Has Koa done other work for other? He has done for other housewives. I've not necessarily seen him with, uh, with, um, Salt Lake city, Salt Lake city girls, but I've seen him work with Kyle Richards. Oh. I've seen him work with several other. Kyle's a big one. If like, that's like he's done shoots with Kyle is the one I can remember right now off the top of my head, but with several California-based women. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So like, look out, ladies. I'm just saying, like Tanisha's now working with Heather. I wouldn't be surprised to find out with that this Savannah Gonzalez girl is an MUA and who's working with someone else in the housewives world. 
or maybe even Vanderpump world. We don't know. Yeah. But like, I guarantee you that these people are out there gathering tea. And, and I did, that goes back to the, like, there's a lot of people who were like, I love the idea that a fan, a quote unquote fan or somebody who was like a blogger got their way onto housewives, but let's not make this a trend. Let's but, not make this a but thing. Also it's already a trend. Not that ma- that made it onto became a housewife. Well, sure, not that they've run a blog page, but there have been other people who were previously fans of the show who are now housewives. Sure. Or or are even former housewives. Kristen Takeman clearly was a fan <laughs> before she joined the show. Just ask Kelly. <laughs> like, um, several people on Jersey were fans before joining oh, the show. Can I say, by the way, you got to, th- with this h- stuff with Salt Lake... You got to imagine that Teresa, Jennifer, and like that whole group has to be fucking fuming over the fact of how quick they were able to discover this Monica stuff, but they still can't reveal all of Margaret's shit. Oh, yeah. Like, and Margaret clearly talks to bloggers. Like, that's not oh, like. Oh, clearly. But, the, but I mean, so does everyone on that fucking show. Yeah. Like, there's but not there's, a single person's hands on been, that show that are clean. But there's been such like hyperbole, hyperbolic discussion of it for like five years at this point on Jersey. And here we just get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we just get it like served hot right to our right to our face. And it's like, guys, you're slacking. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Monica then says their confessional, I don't think reality von Teese was a bad thing. I think that scamming elderly people out of millions of dollars is a bad thing. But I think having a fucking burner page on an Instagram account to expose someone and their abuse is not a bad thing. I think that's just telling the truth. Yeah. And I honestly no until, notes. <laughs> until I get evidence during the reunion or elsewhere where Monica and at all knowingly spread lies about any of these women, right? Knowingly put their lives in danger, whether like emotional or physical danger. Like I don't care. And honestly bring her back. I if she's still allied with Mary, then fine. Bring Mary back full time. Make Monica a friend of, and bring her ass back. I don't not care. Like I agree. Like, I don't know how she gets brought back. Like, unless Mary can pull some magic. Like, I, I don't. Well, she is Jesus. Yeah. This might be a point of no return, but goddamn, at least we got an amazing fucking season yeah. out of it. I mean, if she can't be brought back, then give us the reality show of the behind the scenes of reality Von T's. Sure. Something like that. Like, like. Yeah. I, I don't know. There, there's a, there is something there, and we cannot miss the opportunity to capitalize on Monica. Whitney goes, you've been lying to my face. And Monica goes, I've not been lying to your face. Meredith goes, Monica, for three months you have sat here with us and not told us the truth. <laughs> Meredith was also on another level in this. I will maintain that lying by omission is not lying. I disagree. Lisa goes, it's about deception. You fucking deceived all of us. And Monica goes, I didn't deceive shit. She asked me and I said it. I'm like, oh, okay, Monica. <laughs> what? You asked me just now. But also, you had initially denied it. You said no first and then you fucking. Well, like- but she said no because of the specific wording. She said no because that's not her page. She said no because she is not Reality Von Teese. According to her, her only involvement was to take down Jen towards the beginning of it, and it is no longer under her purview. Okay. That is according to her. Unless we get proof otherwise, that's all we have. So, like, 
Again, save for the, we'll save it for the reunion then. Lisa goes, you know what? I want you to get the fuck out. And Monica goes, then leave. Lisa goes, no, you get the fuck out. And Monica mocks and goes, yeah, you get the fuck out. You get the fuck out. And then Heather gets up and delivers an amazing fucking monologue. She goes, I don't think you understand something about this group. Listen to me. There's something that you missed out on. We are friends and we have been through this bullshit before with Jen. For years, we were afraid we'd wake up sick, that a lie would be posted and told and spread and exposed and exploited, but we were in it with her. And we were the type of girls that ride or die. And each one of us had different times we rode hard and we shut down feelings of doubt and things that didn't fucking add up. Who are you, who you are made no sense, but the way that you acted was strangely familiar and the pain that we went through and the way that we were tormented and tortured. I ate shit every day for her. I felt like I had to lie to protect her. I did whatever it took. I went on book tour and defended her and took shit for the fact that she gave me a black I and we were like like it's it's odd how such a not shocking revelation could be shocking when told because we all knew we all knew it was Jen but the way that Heather built it up right made it so impactful even though we knew it yeah like and Mary goes what and Lisa going wow (laughs) wow And I got, this is where, again, credit to Heather, such credit to Heather. We hated Heather at the end of last season. We thought she had her worst fucking season yet because of this eye shit. And it was, many people were saying it was one of the worst storylines in Housewives. Yep. And to take that and have it pay off in a way that just rebounded, rebounded it in a way that was, I, it it was great. And it, it was just like. I, I had chills. I had fucking chills. And I, then, I absolutely agree, but I never need to hear about it again. No, I agree. Well, we're going to... Uh, other Andy, than the reunion. Because Andy's going to ask about the story, which I right. do... Like, I, I need to know exactly what happened. Monica, but it was also great because they, they showed the flashback, and it's so clear Jen's leading Heather like when talking about it with Meredith. But they cut back, and Monica just staring at Heather and going, well, I'm glad you finally told the truth for once. So good for you so good it's like uh, re, like scripted tv could never yeah marvel could never could never heather goes i had to write hard for her and i had to lie for her we're not gonna do it again with you pack your bags and go <laughs> it's so great it's <laughs> i while it is a great monologue there is some bullshit in there. Yes. There's some Nobody one- asked you to lie for Monica. Nobody has asked you to ride hard for Monica. Well. Nobody asked you to do that for Jen either. You made a choice yes. to do that. And I think that that needs to be picked apart because here's, here's twofold. I am mad at Heather for riding for Jen so hard. And yeah. I've been mad at her for it for seasons. Yeah. I'm glad... That hopefully this was her wake-up call that we have been wanting for seasons. Yeah. I just, for me, it seems very hypocritical 
for them to ride hard for Jen, for Heather to actively lie to protect Jen when Jen was defrauding all these people out of millions of dollars was lit is literally last season said that she wasn't going to believe it even until like whatever, like arbitrary line she drew in the sand. Right. And even said after she went to prison, she was still going to go visit her and would still be her friend for all the fucked up shit that Jen did, even after Jen fucking punched her in the eye. Okay. Yeah. But Monica ran a, ran a fucking blog site right. and gets it, nothing. Like it's both, it's both satisfying and also hypocritical. The way that Heather is like manifesting Jen through Monica. Right. Right. That she's using Monica as like the vessel to like overcome Jen. Yeah. It's, it's exciting in the regard that she's overcoming Jen, but it's like, yeah, you're not, it, but it's a Monica different person. Monica didn't do those things. Yeah. You know, Monica actually agrees with you with how awful Jen is right. and actively tried to take her down. Yeah. So like, why is she not your ally at this point? Sure. To a certain extent. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, well, again, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated more for this reunion. Cause I hope, those, yes. I hope those questions get asked. Like I, I really do. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't have a whole lot of faith that it will. Or I, that people will actually answer them, even if they are posed. Sure. Because this cast has a history of clamming the fuck up and not saying a goddamn thing. Yeah. Monica then gets up and leaves. And then in her confessional, she goes, I more than anyone know that nothing stays in the dark and everything comes to light. I knew that this information would come out. Even Gossip Girl couldn't stay Gossip Girl forever. Right. Such a good line. Such a good line. And then as she's leaving, the rest are in the table and they're comforting Heather. And Heather is bawling into Whitney. Like just, and it, it, it literally is a scene from like the last supper. It's like the way that like everything is like, it's like, wow. Like it's just so beautiful in, in like a weird way. Um, and then they get the, like the exit cards of everyone of like what they're doing now. And then it, and the episode ends when they cut back to the producer in the confessional with Monica and the producer goes, so take me back to the final dinner when the women asked you to leave. Monica goes, there is so much more I wanted to say, but I knew I wasn't going to be hurt at all. There are a lot of things I could have said. That was not the time, but there is so much more to the story that needs to be said. And trust me. You're all going to want to hear it. So this, good. This bitch is camp. She's, She's fucking so camp. I, I really hope that part of this reunion is a one-on-one -on -one sit down with Andy. Because the girls are not going to let her get out anything. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I, I think. Well, here's the thing. You got to. I think. You got to be careful with Lisa and Angie. Like, yeah. Lisa and Angie can go rogue at any point and like fuck that whole thing up. I think Heather and Whitney and Meredith know more to like, like, like know how to let a moment. I mean, you, you had Lisa cutting off Meredith even throughout this like season yeah. in moments where it's like Lisa let her fucking talk. Yeah. So like that's more who I would worry about. If anything, put them to the side. Yeah. Like, but I just, you know what I mean? Cause I, I still need, I need Heather to like cross examine her in certain regards. Sure. Perhaps. And we can have that during the main part of the thing, but like, have give me a a thirty minute sit down with with Monica, yeah, where she lays everything out. 
She gives every bit of evidence that she has. She names names. She shows receipts. All of those things of her full involvement. And then, and then let everyone else have their questions. Because otherwise, we're not going to get the full picture. Right. And I want the full picture. Yeah. That was Salt Lake. God damn, this is a like this is the best seat. Like definitely of last year, but like this year, like we're, I mean, this might be the best episode in we're only in like what January 4th. Like it's yeah. like fucking amazing. Like so, like kudos to also we talked about Monica and then also briefly talked about Heather. Kudos to everyone actually on this cast. Like yeah. everyone like brought it and like was contributed to the to an ensemble, even Angie. Even Angie, yeah. who leaned into the camp at a certain point with it all. Like, I credit to all of them. Really, really fucking phenomenal stuff. If you haven't watched this season of Salt Lake, go watch it because it's phenomenal. Um, let's move on. Let's go into this episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Again, it's... Uh, we'll get to it. I'm I'm mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. Um and I'm mostly mad with fucking Twitter because like y'all oh. hoes, y'all hoes ride hard for Dorit. I literally was like, so I rewatched, I usually rewatch the episodes before we go into recording the podcast. Like, and I watched that, I watched the final scene again of like, okay, let me be open. Like, let me try to be open and not, because maybe it was, I was in my feelings like watching the first time. Maybe I'm going to see stuff I didn't see the first time. No, it's actually worse. And I don't understand how anyone doesn't see who the fucking problem is. Because they're racist. Like, these, I mean, these hoes on fucking Twitter who ride hard for Dorit are just as delusional as she is. And... Like the issue is that they they just want to ignore the actual blatant racism that's happening against Garcelle. And even here's the thing: even and blame Mar- Garcelle for bringing it up. Even if you take the race element out of it, which and you shouldn't, I'm not saying you should, but like if you were to take it out of it, Dorit looks like the fucking asshole, right? Just on a human level, she looks like an asshole, right? So, like, come on. Anyways, we come back from into uh, Taco Tuesday as Denise and Erica were getting into it. And Erica had just made the comment about, like, who makes more money on OnlyFans, you or your daughter? Which, phew, okay. <laughs> Denise just goes, you're unbelievable. And Erica goes, I am. <laughs> Which, and then <laughs> Denise goes, mm-hmm. And Erica goes, mm-hmm. It's like. I, I just, I don't know what. Denise thought she was going to get. Yeah. And this was, we'll get like, this was a KO. Yeah. A KO victory by Erica. Yeah. Like, I don't even like to admit it, but like, yeah, Denise, (laughs) Denise got laid the fuck out of this fight. Yeah. Denise goes, I did not want to fight. And Garcelle goes, what do you want from her? Denise goes, I want to ask what I did to you for you to do what you did with my kids. She needs to take it off of this kids thing. It's like, make it about the larger thing of what. Make it about the Brandy thing. Yeah. It's like, make it about how it was. It felt like a pile on of everything. Like, and yeah. Like, cause nobody, like nobody thought you were actually upset about the, the kids comment. We all assumed you were angry about the accusation of sexual assault on Brandy. Well, and it's also like, I wish she would have fight with Kyle this season and not yeah. Erica. 
The Erica part, when you look at the Denise thing from that season, is really minor. Yeah. Like, Erica is joining in the piling on of Ren- with Rena mainly because Rena was the biggest aggressor and Rena and Erica were the closest. But the worst offender of it was Rena. She's not here this season, so you can't right. fight her. The other one is Kyle. It was, it was, if it wasn't Rena, it was Kyle and Teddy for, for yeah. spreading that rumor how they did it. Yeah. I do want to clarify because a lot of people don't see the situation with Brandy as sexual assault. You've always maintained this, and you have been always really confused as to why they don't. Well, and this this happened before we started this podcast, so I really haven't had a chance to make my views on this public. Um, so I just kind of want to, because I do maintain that it, it falls under the umbrella of sexual assault. So the story that we are told by Brandy, by Brandy, which take that or leave it, whatever, um, is that Brandy and um, Denise were having a sexual relationship under the I under the guise that from from Denise that Aaron Denise's husband was fine with it, and that they were essentially open. That they were essentially in an open relationship. That this was. You know, perfectly fine. Aaron had no problem with it. And this was just happening over to the side. And then at some point, Brandy finds out that that is not the case and that Aaron is actually upset about it. And that is, and that is. To me, that is putting a false pretense on a sexual relationship, which is a violation. Any sexual violation to me is assault. Yeah. that's that's how i view that they never they never presented on the show like that as you mentioned and so i i always was curious as to what like again it's not like denise can't bring it up because right i mean unless unless well no not at this point when they're filming brandy's not persona non grata yet with bravo right so it's like I don't know. It just felt odd that she kept going after Erica in this. I like go fucking after Kyle. I mean, maybe because Kyle's going through a lot, whatever. But like, fucking, who cares? Like, right. Uh, Erica goes. It has nothing to do with your kids. Do you remember at your barbecue there was a table of us, a round table of the kids, and we were all talking about threesome, sexual stuff, whatever. And then Denise goes, "Well, not all of us." And Denise and Erica goes. You just talked about your husband's big dick five minutes before. And Denise goes, I did not. And And then they showed the flashback. She she definitely did. Why Denise would come on this show having not done her research to refresh about what happened. um, And then to also then having a couple episodes made the statement of watch the show. Yeah. Bitch, you watch the show. Right. It's like, come on. You can't be so intense and wrong. (laughs) You are loud and wrong. It's the worst combination. Yeah. Um, Sutton even says her confessional, I was at that party. I was there. Denise, you got some explaining to do. (laughs) Yeah. Even Sutton's like, I can't defend you. (laughs) Like, Erica goes, Denise, I'm right. Anyways, and Denise goes, no, you're not right. Erica goes, I am right. Denise goes, no, you're not. Erica goes, 100%, I know I'm right. And Denise goes, mm, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Erica goes, great, I'm right. My point is, and Denise goes, no, you're not. It was like, oh, my God. It, like, was, it was giving, <laughs> you remember that cartoon? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what that's from, but it's just in my head. Um, Erica goes, 
all of a sudden you single me out, take me to coffee and talk about, well, my children. This I slightly disagree with Erica. I don't think she was singling Erica out. Well, if she only took Erica to lunch and only held her to task for it, then yeah, she was singling her But she also told them at the table, like, hey, guys, can we not talk? Like, Sure, but like if Erica's the only one that she confronted privately after that, then she is putting that blame on Erica. Sort of. Erica uh, had a, and but they cut back and Erica had apologized at the coffee shop when right. when that happened. And Denise goes, I mean, I don't even have the cleanest mouth either. She said that at the time. We cut back. Denise goes, you brought it up. I didn't bring it up. Oh, Denise, like you. Huh. It literally took place in one, maybe two episodes. Yeah. It, that's an hour and a half of viewing. Did whatever she have going into the the weed dinner like fuck up her long-term memory i don't know like take notes yeah bring out a notepad and like check off things off the list it's fine they then just (laughs) they then just intensely sip tea at each other both (laughs) in these giant mugs by the way they were like way like but they were like not like like the travel mugs they were like coffee mugs it almost looked like it almost felt like they were like getting bigger every time you looked at really? them. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like the sheriff's hat on what was that scream oh, or no. something? Oh, uh, it's like no, 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 or no, scary no. movie rather. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God, uh, Erica <laughs> goes. I didn't want this fight, and Denise goes. Yeah, you did. You needed to get off of all the other shit going on in your life. That's what you do. You deflect. Erica goes. Denise, we haven't deflected anything about my life in the last few years, and Denise goes. Really. They haven't. And you're the one that who claims you didn't know $20 million was deposited in your fucking account? And Garcelle goes, oh, shit. And, like, <laughs> and, and then Eric was like, yeah, they, they proved that in a court of law. Which that, that is, Erica's correct that they proved that, right? I think so. Because last year she was saying stuff that was not accurate in terms of the league. Like the whole with pre- not understanding without prejudice or whatever. Right. Like, so I was like, but I think, I think Erica's correct here. Either way, I thought the whole, the whole, the, this bring, Denise bringing this up, it felt cheap. Like it felt a little yeah. like unearned. Like, honestly, if you're going to bring up shit that hasn't been tackled on the show, bring up the Marco Marco shit. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, the, like I'm an Erica fan, but that's fucked up. Like, Erica, pay your designers. Yeah. But it's just like they're intensely like sort of like standing off with each other. Yeah. Kim just like chuckles and goes, it was so nice. I'm going to excuse myself. <laughs> like, Kim was <laughs> underrated star of this episode is Kim Richards, by the way. Honestly. <laughs> Denise goes, you hit below the belt. And Erica goes, oh, Denise, fuck off. I've had it. You've had a chance a week ago. You failed. You failed again tonight. And that's it. Conversation over. Bye. Erica ended her. Like, she really <laughs> ended her. Honestly. Erica then leaves. Um, but then Kyle then goes to tells Denise, I mean, like, it's, but says it to the group. It should be, you know, that children and families are off limits. Like, that is a line that, like, you shouldn't cross. And Garcelle goes, why didn't you say that to her when she was, she had just said that? Which I think is a fair point. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, here's, well, here's the thing. You could say, I also agree with the people. It's like, well, other people could have said that. Crystal could have said that. Because Crystal feels the same way. And, so, like, people could have said, don't bring kids into this in that moment. Like, but I think Kyle was one of the most egregious cases of like not saying shit to people's faces and then. Sure, but it is Crystal's house. 
to yeah. me, to me, there is a certain responsibility when you are hosting an event, and some of that is yeah, the logistics of the the event and all of that shit. Right. But it's also putting a kibosh on drama. Sure. If there's shit that comes up, you are the person that has to remove someone from the from the gathering. Yeah. So like, yeah, you kind of need to go. Hey. This is the rules of the conflict. You're not going to go here. You're not going to go there. Ding, ding, ding. Round one. Yeah. Kyle goes, I was letting you guys talk it out. Why didn't anyone stand up for me the other night? Why didn't anyone say that's wrong to say about the ring? Why didn't anyone stand up for me then? And then Kyle and Professor goes, where the fuck was everyone? Has everyone been when I've needed them? Which is such like a bratty thing to say. We'll get to it later with the whole like. But it was also not the same situation. They were asking questions, not making accusations. Also, what is she? But. Yes, but also, what is she even talking about? You had people standing up for you at that dinner. You had, right. You had your minion, Anna Marie, who, by the way, is not in this episode again. Even though she's literally at this party somewhere. No, she's not. She's she's in Hawaii. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. But so she, but because of that, she missed all of last episode and this episode. So she's been on this epi- this season for two episodes. Yeah. And then, based off of the preview next week, she comes back and just continues this whole bullshit esophagus thing, which it's like, she's a flop. I'm so, I'm sorry. Get rid of her. Yeah, but it's like, you had Anna Marie standing up for you. You had Erica and and Dorit standing up for you to a certain extent. What do you mean no one had your back? Yeah. Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Corsell literally says a professional, I didn't defend Kyle when Sutton was questioning about her marriage. Because I too am curious about Kyle's marriage. Like not, like nothing Kyle said here made sense. Like, like yeah. I'm not going to stick up for you when I also have questions. Like I'm not going to go, hey, I shouldn't ask that question after I just asked it. Yeah. <laughs> I love they all start to leave. Garcel goes, good night, everyone. And Denise goes, um, oh, wait, I, I guess I did came with, come with you. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was just going to leave. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah and and crystal says erica professional that you know she really thought erica had changed but it's like it feels like the old erica's back again i don't even think that's the case here's the thing i love this erica so i yeah. don't mind it but it's like denise was poking 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 and right and erica fought back i i don't i don't really blame erica yeah. Like, we can debate whether the comment was too far, but it was iconic. Like, And I don't even count this as her breaking her promise for Lent because Denise is not one of the girls anymore. Sure. And the, the, the promise for for Lent was you girls, which means the girls on the cast. Yeah. Denise is not on the cast. Therefore, this don't count. As they're getting in the uh, vans, Kyle goes, hey, Sutton. Don't make out with the driver. And son goes, I will kill you. But he, <laughs> credit to Kyle. That's the funny way to bring it up. Dorit. Right. right. And you can tell because Sutton joke, like the way that she said, I will kill you is in a joking manner. Yeah. That was fine. Dor- I don't think Sutton had a problem with that. Dorit is real. I think she speaks. Bravo was talking about it. Dorit's actually really inept in terms of like. Yeah general conversation and sort of like how that like dynamics work you can speak four languages but can you communicate in them right and not just with the sutton stuff with the whole driver thing but again when we get to this final scene oh boy um we get see some flashes of scenes um also sutton named one of her uh, fish avi jr which it's like for anybody out there that's like thinking that sutton and avi hate each other Clearly not. If she's I don't naming hate him. Fish. I named a fish after him. That's one of my babies. <laughs> um, we see Garcelle also FaceTiming uh, Jade. And at one point she goes, 
Oh, wait, I hear a girl's voice. Ashlyn, <laughs> what are you guys doing in bed? And she, he goes, we're watching a movie. Dad's over there. It's fine. <laughs> I give, I will say this. I give Garcelle so much credit because, yeah, I would not want my child in a bed with, no. like, like. I mean, but, like, if the dad's in the room, then, like, nothing's happening. Sure, but I can understand Garcelle just being like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, And she was very calm about it. Theoretically, I have heard stories from friends of mine that apparently were full-on having sex under a blanket while the whole family was sitting on the couch watching TV. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like... Like... If you're discreet enough, like, it's not like... Like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, Erica stops by Dorit's house. Um, I, I fully, cause Dorit's like, like she's talking to Phoenix, like Phoenix, should I wear these earrings or whatever? I fully thought she had a neck brace on. <laughs> I was a jump. I'm like, what the fuck? But no, it's just, this like high collared, like, um, cause it wasn't until she turned in the it was front. Like, yeah. It was like a pullover sweater with a, with a zipper. But if you look at her from the back or the side, it looks like a fucking neck brace. Yeah. Like it's too high. I also like. I'm so sick of her being a label whore. She, can I say? Well, it's so bad. But it's also like, it's not even good labels. It's not even like it, when she was wearing like the like head to toe, like lab, like printed labels, at least it was like, okay, that's a choice of a look. She's really slacking in the look department this season. Honestly, Maybe it was the, the well, PTSD. I don't know. Because they had to sell everything to pay this tax debt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard. Um, also, also, I didn't love Dorit being like, Phoenix, you're going to get us drinks. Like, she had Phoenix, like, wait on them almost. It's like, you're, that's your, like, what, seven-year-old daughter? It's like, come on, Dorit. Um, Dorit asks what happened when she left, and Erica tells her about, like, the OnlyFans comment of, like, I told her, basically, like, who makes more money, you or Sammy? And the way Dorit laughs, Dorit thinks it's the funniest. The way that, like, Crystal, Kyle, Garcelle were all like, oh, my God, that's really fucking bad. And Dorit's like, <laughs> Dorit, again, I, maybe it's an ineptness, because this is, like, the third season in a row where Dorit's had a moment where it's like, why are you laughing at this moment? Yeah. With Garcelle's son, with the, even the whole stuff with tom in the car accident like like it's just it's weird and i was also very confused as to why erica was the person that dorit had over when erica was the one that checked her at the party we'll get well and we'll get to the fact that what when garcelle checks her she doesn't really check her any different than erica did at the party and how the reactions are completely different Uh uh-huh uh, Eric and her girl, she goes talking about Denise because you picked this flight, so here it is. And then it's like, oh my God, you're so evil. Really? You're dumb. <laughs> um, as we're seeing this scene, we're also seeing a scene where Garcelle is like FaceTiming Sutton to also talk about the night before. Sutton goes, you know, I'm an emotional person and I didn't like seeing your face the other night. Garcelle goes, I was really messed up after that. I cried to sleep and I woke up and I wasn't better, which I was like, oh, for that fucking sucks. I did see some people, even good mean people being like, I'm on Garcelle's side throughout this whole thing, but like, really? You cried, cried yourself to sleep over her saying attacked? I don't think it's simply that she said attacked. I think it's a buildup of things. I think it's four years of never feeling understood in this group, mm-hmm. never feeling that she can have this communication about microaggressions in a way where someone doesn't get defensive and then 
also doesn't take the information and does anything with it. Well, and the, the problem is, is that Garcelle has been put onto this cast, a cast that is not educated and not, like, actively working to decolonize their thought process. Right. And is put on there to do the work of educating on race. She's literally been put in the same situation that Ebony Williams, Williams a lot of people, right? Uh, yeah. Was done, uh, was put on Roni. On a lot of people have been saying that. The but one- it's like, unless the, the space is already safe for people of color to be there, you're literally putting them in harm's way. Well, like, but it's I, not her job to go onto this cast and educate them. Well, and I will say this. I think it's slightly different in the sense that, like, Ebony was – like, I think the only person was, like, Sonia that really understood any of what Ebony was saying. Like, Leah was – but Leah was also problematic in certain regards. Leah was performatively on Ebony's side. Right. But I would say, it, shocking that Erica gets it. Erica proved last episode that she gets it. Yeah. Kyle at least presents as if she gets it. Like, whether she's doing it for saving face value or not, she, at that conversation that Garcelle had with her at that one lunch a couple seasons ago, it seemed as if she got it. But she's still, like, still done microaggression shit. Sure. Sutton has exponentially learned, I feel, in my regard. Yeah. And I also don't like the people being like, oh, well, you're going to be, like, micro, you know, call out Dorit for microaggressions, but you're friends with Sutton. I'm sorry, Sutton, I really do feel, has actually learned and applied it and gets it. Right. Like, you can see, I feel like you can see that in how Sutton operates ever since the, yeah, the comment of I don't see color was really fucking bad. But I do. But also, that was the phrase at a certain point that was the correct phrase to use. That's what we taught white people to say. Right. So, like, she stopped learning after learning after learning that phrase and that thought process sure but at, we didn't at that point conceptualize anti-racism as an ongoing continuous lifelong work right like that's not how it was conceptualized at least in popular media i'm sure that it was viewed very differently in black communities because like right. of course they are but like because it, it's a lived experience as opposed to a learned experience so like i get that but then she was updated on her language. She was corrected. And then she moved forward as opposed and to also- Dorit, who has been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to grow. And not only has she batted those opportunities away and refused to take any culpability, but she has also not grown any. And that's divorced of race, too. Like, it's, she's not growing as a human being in any facet in my regard. At all. You know, and Garcelle tells Sutton, like, I didn't lunge at her. I didn't grab her. I didn't do anything that's considered attacking. And then she says in her, Garcelle says in her confessional, she just doesn't get me. She doesn't know my world. She doesn't care to know. She's in her world, in her bubble, and there's rainbows and unicorns everywhere. And I think that was that part of she doesn't care to know is the key. Like, it's not... I can give someone ignorance to a certain extent. I mean, it's been four years again. I don't think Dorit can plead ignorance. No. But there is no instinct in Dorit's being to want to educate herself. There isn't. We'll get, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, Sutton goes, says to Garcelle, I think the world attack when we're getting in heated conversations to you can go towards that angry black woman. And it's like, the, like again, Sutton has really learned about this shit. Yeah. Like, you could tell. Dorit says uh, in her confessional, 
When I use the word attack, I do not mean to have any type of connotation that would trigger or offend Garcelle. Sure, like even if you want to say that you didn't have any meaning of that, fine, but you should know at this point that that word has certain connotations. Right. And to not use that word directed at Garcelle. Like, I don't understand. It's like there are certain tropes and stereotypes of Jewish people that if used towards you, you would have the same reaction. And yet... No, no one's done that. Yeah. This, this group seems to respect that, but you have no desire to learn about that language and how it's not appropriate in the direction of Garcelle. Right. Erica and her professional goes, I don't think Dorit is a malicious person. If Dorit knows better, she does better. I don't think she does. Like, we'll get to it. I actually don't think that's true. She goes, I don't believe she knew. And now I'm sure she knows and she'll never do that again. Watch this lunch. <laughs> Just yeah. watch this lunch, Erica. Sutton, uh, we then go to Sutton having Alessandra over to the house to get her sort of like report card from the date with Sal. Oh, <laughs> I love, boy. I love Alessandra going, Sal has really good feedback. And Sutton's face is like, okay. Like, she's like, how? Because I don't have no good feedback on him. Yeah, she, she like goes, I need to lie down. And she like, it's like face, head in her hands, lying down on the couch going, I'm literally dying. Um, but she says like most of the stuff like went well. Alessandra says that Sal said most of it went well. At one point, Alessandra does say she didn't come across as an individual who makes a lot of jokes. And Sutton goes, well, I didn't see the funny side of Sal. (laughs) Also, Sutton is very much someone who makes a lot of jokes. Yeah, exactly. Well, he, well, Sal, you like, I think one of the comments was like, it, it came off as though that you weren't interested. And it's like, yeah. She wasn't like, so read her pretty right in that regard. Well, and then Alessandra says, okay, so let's work on all these like things that in- you can do to show that you're interested. And I'm like, how about you work on giving her someone she can be interested in? Right. But you were saying it's like, it's, it's the first date in these kind of situ- in these like matchmakers, it's a little bit of a test sometimes. To sort right. Of like, like the it's first, like, it's like a control in a science experiment. Right. You have to see. Like what things vibe, what things don't, and then you choose better next time. The first, like, I would say even like two or three people that you send on a date with her are cannon fodder. Yeah. It's never going to work. Like, it's just to test the waters and see how things match up. And then once you calibrate with those people, then you can really start to fine tune in like which people actually will work with her. Yeah. Alessandra shows him uh, Steve, who is the second guy that uh, she's paired him with. And Sutton goes, he's cute, which I do. When they show the picture, I was like, oh, he's actually much more like. Yeah. He has a good smile. Yeah. She goes, I don't know what VP of sales is. It's, you know, those jobs kind of freak me out. It's like, what? It's like uh, Sutton means vice president of sales. (laughs) It's also not that. It's not like, again, your ex-husband worked at Deutsche Bank. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that might be why, though. Sure. Um, Alessandra goes, I mean, look, I can easily set you up with like the billionaires and Sutton goes, Sutton's reaction is like, well, why don't you like, God damn it. Like you don't want them. They're crazy pants. Sure. They are wacko crazy pants. Yeah. I will say, I saw a lot of comments of people being like, oh my God, like another Sutton dating scene. I'm kind of like over this. I don't, I'm not in that position. Also, I I mean, it's partly because I really like Sutton, but like, 
I, I mean, maybe it's because of the ways that certain other storylines are fleshed out. There is a couple times where it's like, it's a little repetitive this season. But even then, like this gives... Not just with Sutton, but with other people as well. But this gives a lightness where we need a lightness. Especially this episode, yeah. Like, we're adding a light storyline in with the heavier things. You need that juxtaposition so that it's not something that the audience dreads to watch every week. Yeah. I it just... It, it does a good job. It does its job being the com- comedic relief storyline. Right. Um, we then see Kyle uh, having Kim over to the house um, to just, like, have coffee or whatever and chat. Um, Kyle has a new necklace that's, like, a hummingbird or whatever, and she gifts it to Kim. Because it, I guess she said – she tells about, like, how, like, hummingbirds and her mom have, like, this, like, really, like, deep connection or whatever. And then tells this story about, like, one of the – like, she would have these moments where she was, like, seeing hummingbirds, like, after her mom died a lot, including, like, the day after the limo fight with Kim. And she saw, like, a dead hummingbird on, like, her kitchen floor. Right. And she took that as, like, a sign from her mom that she, like, majorly fucked up. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I believe that shit. Like, I, I, that's one of the things where it's, like, I really, like, you know, I, I, he's, like, I like this scene more than other Kyle scenes this season. I do think it has a lot of the same problems that Kyle has in terms of, like, why, why I don't like Kyle this season. Yeah. I think Kim is a saving grace to this fucking scene. Yeah. It and doesn't feel as produced. It really doesn't. It definitely felt real. And it feels the real. I think the thing is, it feels the realest they've talked about. Kathy and their mom. And yeah. And the whole like dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim's daughter, Whitney is getting married. And so they're talking about that. And Kim, I finally, Kim goes, are you bringing anybody to the wedding? Which it's like, it's a weird question to ask someone who's married. Yeah. I wonder if Kim knows stuff about Mauricio and this stuff that's happening. Maybe. I mean, maybe at this point, like, we haven't seen Mauricio in a while. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's pretty clear that they're not doing things together right now. Or maybe it's more of a, hey, this is a family event. You know that Mauricio and a big part of the family do not get along together. So right. Mauricio's really kind of and and wasn't that an issue at a previous wedding in the the family? Might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't there was one like where they got uninvited because Mauricio was going. Right. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Um it, yeah, I think that was Kim's, not Kathy's, but yeah. 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 But she basically, yeah, so Kim is basically like, I don't want anybody coming there that isn't a, a good place with somebody. And Kyle goes, I mean, I'll always be polite to Kathy. I saw her like last week at some like event or whatever. Kim goes, I don't think it's right to overlook and not share what bothered you about it. Kim is actually a great fucking therapist. Like in Because she's been to so much therapy. Well, and I don't, and I don't think she should, like, I don't think she should be the only, I think there should right. be an actual therapist if this like, Absolutely. thing with Kyle and Kathy happens. But it's like, I think she, Kim is much smarter than we give her credit mm-hmm. for all the time. Kim then goes, do you think that you were, do you think that you were wrong in any way? Kyle then goes, you don't know everything, right? So, like, let's just talk about how we fix it then since, you know, you don't know all the backstory. We'll talk about that another time, which we were like, you don't want to say it on camera. Yeah. You don't want to say it on camera, and you don't want to own that part. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's I, it's so fucking frustrating. that it's But like, at least it was more transparent. Yeah. 
But here's here's the other thing that I I got pissed because Kyle and her confessional goes, when Kathy came to my house that day to apologize for Aspen, I wanted to be able to accept the apology and move on. But it was the behavior after that that told me that she wasn't really sorry. And they they put they go from Kathy apologizing at her house, and then the, the her actions after that made it clear that she wasn't sorry. To the reunion of her, of her saying the moment she says to Kyle, you just are acting like a martyr at this point. And then the, and then when Kathy left that Instagram comment, cause she doesn't know how Instagram works and doesn't realize everyone can see it. The part where she says why uh, to the trailer for the reunion goes, why is she upset and crying? I'm the one who was bullied for 10 months. And it's like to the, and this is to the editor's fault as well. But Kyle you're leaving out a giant chunk yeah. in the middle of all of that. Yeah. You, it wasn't just Kathy apologized and then she flipped at the reunion. That's not what happened. Yeah. What happened was literally minutes after Kathy apologized, Rinna came to your house and fucking ruined it mm-hmm. and was poking at Kathy and was trying to bring something out of Kathy and you didn't have her back then. Right. And then Rinna went on a fucking campaign as Kathy is saying in that Instagram comment, for 10 fucking months on her social media, calling her a racist, calling her a homophobe, making that fucking comment about how Kathy's the reason that Paris got raped in uh, that, um, the the thing that Paris has, like, been doing, like, the government right. stuff to, like, repeal. The, like, the, there was, like, a, like, a camp or something? Like, the camps for, like, that Kathy yeah. did send her to. But it's, like, it's, uh, sharing a tweet that literally blamed Kathy for her for Paris's sexual assault. Right. Rinna was doing all that shit, and you said nothing. Yeah. And you didn't back Kathy up. And, in fact, you still tried. You were still buddy-buddy with Rinna. Yeah. And then, That is why Kathy was the way she was at the reunion and after. And then also, Kyle never takes accountability for her actions, for her contributions to the to the divide. I, I guess she she literally plays victim at the reunion, right? Like she's the aggrieved party. Sits there and lets everyone pile on Kathy with absolutely no allegiance to her sister. Like this is the same reason that Kim left the show, right? Because and, you treated Kim the same and way. And I'm not saying that Kathy is perfect, and I'm not saying that Kathy's like even a good person necessarily. Right. But it's like that like you can't leave those elements out of it and un- not right. understand why Kathy was mad. Anyways, Kim says that she wants it to work, and Kyle goes, What if I don't want that relationship? And then uh Kyle uh says her confessional, if Kathy did take accountability and reached out and was genuine, I would be open to that. I just don't want to feel mistreated. But she did. She did all of those things. Again, but again, you're not again, there's no conversation of what you need to do. Yeah. Like that yeah. Kyle then I thought this was illuminating though. Kyle then goes, She can't handle a conversation like this. She gets so mean and she starts to tear up and she goes, I really can't handle the meanness. I don't like that. It freaked me out when I was little. And so it starts to get into sort of like what the background is of this like family dynamic. Uh, Kyle even goes further in the confessional. She goes, I don't do well with chaos around me. When I was growing up, it felt like there was chaos, big personalities. My mom was great, but she had a temper, a very fiery Irish Aries temper. That's why my home is very peaceful and calm. You don't hear fighting and yelling in my home ever. 
And I honestly can't think of one time where there's been yelling in Kyle's house. But doesn't that also manifest in, like, the relationship with Mauricio? Yeah. Because you, instead of yelling about it, at least when you're yelling about it, you're dealing with it. Instead, Kyle refuses to handle anything. She doesn't know how to communicate. There's, like, either yelling or... which is Suppressing. Or suppressing, which is toxic. And it's, like, you made such a good point, too, about, like, why Kim is so great in this role is because her shit's been out... Like, like because she's been an addict, because, like, her, her trauma and her toxicity... Has and, been on front street since season one. It's clear to see. Like, yeah. And so that makes it almost easier at times... And she's been to, to therapy. Cope with it. And she's been to therapy. She has actively worked to overcome her trauma. Yeah. And now she is the only one of the sisters who can function. That's and that's crazy to think when you think of Kim years ago. But like looking at her now, she seems so happy and so grounded and so level headed. And it's like I've never seen that from Kyle. Yeah. I've never seen that from Kathy. Like, neither one of them really have a full... And at that... Kyle's never been fully happy. She's been, like... She's been able to present herself in a way that's normal, but not happy. Right. Like... Well, and that's... Like, part of the, the dinner from hell... Like, part of that prediction from... Alison Dubois. Alison Dubois is... Because she wouldn't let Mauricio emotionally fulfill her. Yeah. Because she would never make herself emotionally vulnerable to Mauricio. That's a great point. It's a really great point. And I don't think she makes herself emotionally vulnerable most ever. To anyone. Yeah. Um, Kyle, or Kim goes, if you don't even try, like, you go your whole life and you never know. And Kyle goes, why didn't she even try? Like, she's the one that created this whole disaster. It's a very, again, it's that child, um, Pia, who does, uh, stuff with Emily on She Speaks Bravo, brought up recently, like, how Kyle communicates like she's 13. Like, she communicates like, like, well, what about her? Like, it's, it, that's something a child would say. Well, and And it's it's like... It's that um, there's a stunted growth that happens when you experience trauma. And I would guarantee you that in her early teenage years is when something specifically traumatic happened to Kyle. Yeah. And at that point is when she stopped emotionally developing. Well, and also when her mother passed away. Right. That was apparently like real major trauma in the sense of like... When was that? That's a good question. I would Was she to... still underage at that point? I don't know. I mean, you might have to look that up. But like, I think that like from what my understanding, it was very triggering to her in that regard, in that it was so chaotic. Like the, the chaos that Kyle mentions. Um, Kim then goes, look, it's so silly. And I'll tell you one thing. Mom never wanted this kind of stuff. She was all about us sticking together. It was our her racehorses, her kids. We stick together. Friends come and go, but family stays. And I understand her more now than I ever did. Certain things I was angry, resentful with mom, and now I'm like, I know why she did that. Oh, no. She, she died in 2002, so oh, it was so, much later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, for her to say, like, that was so illuminating to me, Kim being like, because there's all this talk about their mom being incredibly toxic and like 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 Kyle says having a temper and sort like that's put, puts it mildly to a certain extent. Like for Kim to say, "I know why she did that," that helps so much 
Yeah. To, you know, overcome those traumas. And Kim basically breaks down and is like, I love mom. I just didn't know how angry I was. And I don't think she knew. Yeah. Well, and, and Kim at one point says, and it may be after this, says, you have to stop asking whether Kathy is willing to apologize yeah. and willing to do her part. And she said vice versa. And yeah. vice versa. I've told her the same thing. Like, you have to do what is right because it is the right thing to do and it should have nothing to do with what she will do. Right. And, again, that is in that emotionally stunted place of an apology is given because the other person gave an apology and then you make up because both of you said the thing. Why the fuck did Kim do a better job in this scene than that fucking life coach that Kyle had a couple episodes ago? Honestly. I've, I've, I've... Like this is I was saying it at the time with the life coach. I was like, he's not getting to the meat of certain things. Yeah. Kim really got to the meat of things in this conversation. Yeah. I honestly I would go to I would go to Kim Richards as a therapist. Yeah. I would totally see her. New new job, Kim. <laughs> honestly. Um, we then go to Crystal's house and she's with Rob and the kids and they're having Passover Seder. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they're also Jewish. Um, Crystal, uh, tells, uh, Rob about everything that happened to Taco Tuesday when like the kids are away. And Crystal is like, you know, they keep saying to me, like, you don't engage, you don't speak up, you're so quiet. And they cut, they show a flashback of Garcelle basically telling her that I was so glad we got this. Cause I thought they cut this cause it was yeah. in the trailers. And I'm like, man, they are cutting Crystal out of this season. I really wish that they had given us more context on this. Scene. Yeah. We don't like, know what precipitated it. Like what? pushed crystal to say that what pushed crystal to have that explosive moment yeah she goes why do i have to get to a point to scream why can't i speak with a soft voice and people listen this group wants me to scream all the fucking time and it's like but it's like like i think it's also to the point of like what we've been saying like of like they don't give her a safe space to communicate no. in a way they pick apart her words and, and some stuff she brought on herself, but like she, they pick apart her words and yeah. like really don't allow her to communicate in, in her own way. But also it's, it's reality television. Like you kind of have to be loud and brash. Right. And if you're not willing to go there, that's not good TV. That's true. Like as much as I think that crystal is coming from a place that is healthy, and is trying to communicate in a healthy way, that's not what makes good TV. Yeah, she would be a... I would actually like her as a friend. She would not be a good reality star. Yeah. Um, But then Crystal also goes into it. She goes, I mean, on the other side of, like, being called out of that, the girls are all so skinny now. Sometimes I can't focus. Like, I'm comparing mine to everyone's. And this is... I didn't even... I forgot on the first episode where she made the comment of, like, Oh, I wish I was like that skinny with air. Like, yeah. Oh God. Like that's. Well, and I hadn't even connected the idea that Crystal dresses more conservatively because of her eating disorder yeah. and her body dysmorphia and all of those things. And no one also really connected the fact that that's also why she took so hard when Sutton came into her room to give her back the jacket. Right. right. Cause it had, it had nothing to do with, with Sutton. It had everything to do with her body being seen. Yeah. 
And Crystal says that it triggers her in a way that no one in this group could possibly understand. And I was like, you know, Crystal, just tell them about this because I guarantee you, Crystal, they're going to be so understanding and they're going to totally get what, like, they're yeah, not, right. not going to be like, why are you questioning us for being skinny? Why are you blah, blah, blah? They're, they're totally going to be accepting of you, Crystal. Like, yeah, especially Dorit. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, she says that her brother Jeff is coming back to L.A. and that um, they're going to get together. And that Crystal I, basically... I guarantee you Dorit would say something along the lines of, well, I guess we'll just all have to gain 20 pounds then. I want that. That is a thousand percent what Dorit would say. <laughs> I guess let's all go eat at a buffet. <laughs> like... I guarantee you that's what would come out of her mouth. Uh, like, I would bet good money on that shit. Sorry, I interrupted. Continue. Yeah. Um, Sutton then goes on her date with Steve. I love this date. I was yeah. really happy for Sutton. And she was like, this I'm, was good. I'm embracing the system and I'm, you know, taking off Sandra's advice. But, and you could tell she did, I think, actually. Yeah. And like, they bond over like true crime podcast and karaoke. karaoke. Like, <laughs> I would love to go to karaoke with Sutton. I love her, her reading his list of songs that he has that he does karaoke to. She goes, I don't know the song Nookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he seems charming and like not in a put on way. Like he seems just like really naturally very charming. And like I think. Maybe it's because he's in sales, but who knows? Sure. But not the, like Sal was also put on charming. Yeah. Steve is much more like yeah. relaxed. And Sal like, was used car salesman. This is guy that's selling something he believes in. Yeah. But they exchange numbers and yep. it's like a, I, I, whether it goes anywhere, like it was, it was just good to see Sutton have that moment where it's like, oh, I get to see you connect with like another human. Yeah. Like there that. was good banter. Like she follied. And then he volleyed back. Yeah. <laughs> RuPaul. Uh, um, okay. Let's get into this. So then we see Garcelle. We have to. Like, apparently. Um, we, all, we all have to suffer. Um, we see Garcelle go to lunch with Dorit. Um, she sits down, says hi. There's like awkward, there's intense awkward. They leave so much time in here of just like nothing, but it's just like. And it's silent. They put no underscoring. They, yeah. nothing. They intentionally leave it painfully awkward. They want to, this whole scene, by the way. Yeah. They, they make it as painful as possible. Dorit goes, do you want to look at the menu? And Garcelle goes, no. I mean, sure. You were like, Garcelle is like, I'm not staying long. <laughs> She's planning on not eating. She's like going to say her piece and dip. That's. <laughs> yeah. So there's more awkward silence. And then Dorit starts and goes, I want to leave the floor to you because you've said that you don't feel like I hear you. And I really want to make sure that not only I do, but that you feel like I do. And Garcelle goes, I appreciate that. And I was like, I was like okay. Oh. Like, like. This, this, that's actually really good. Okay. Like, like maybe, maybe I'm wrong with it. Like this, yeah. this, this could be a really good thing. So then Garcelle starts and goes, the other night was tough for me. And then as soon as she does, the waiter comes by, which is just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then she starts back up again. She goes, the word attack just hit me in the wrong place. Everything Garcelle says here in this, like, I loved every part of this. I shared it on her Instagram story. It was so good. She goes, there are certain words when you point them at me, it has a completely different impact. You have to know what you're dealing with. There are three words that you do not say to black women. You don't say aggressive, you don't say attack, and you don't say angry because that's labeling us. So I'm not here to educate you. That's not my job. I don't have the bandwidth to do it. But I think you need to be aware of who you're talking to and where you're talking to them and what to say. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I am a little slightly frustrated, and this is not really a critique of Garcelle, but she really kind of focused it on the word, which it really did need, like, that part of the education needed to be there. But that's what Dorit latched on to. She latched on to, oh, well, the word is the problem. Here's the thing. I don't think Garcelle wanted going into this to get into the minutia of why she has this issue with Dorit. Because right. it's a very new, it's a very, not nuanced, it's a very complex thing. Yes. And I think that's the other thing where I think some people online, I think it's like to say Garcelle's pulling the race card. It's just like you're clearly like someone who thinks that a ra- the race card is a thing the, and, the, and that's not you can't be helped in many ways. Yeah. For other people, I think I saw a lot of people being like Garcelle should just say she doesn't like to read. And I agree to an extent, but I think th- what the reason Garcelle doesn't like to read is. To the point where I really... Dorit keeps making the point this season that Garcelle's just look, always looking for something with me, right? She's always trying to find something to, like, be mad at me about and always sees the worst in me. I actually think it's the complete opposite. Yep. I think Dorit looks for everything wrong in Garcelle. She always assumes the wrong attention to everything Garcelle's doing. Going back to when she mentioned in Palm Springs what Erica told her about Tom calling her mm-hmm. and how Dorit said that that was intentional and all that stuff. Yep. The stuff with the movie premiere this season where yep. she tried to make it seem like Garcelle didn't tell her how many people were going to be there and it triggers her PTSD and, t- and acting as if it was like an intentional thing. Little moment, but remember back when Kathy fucked up the homeless, not toothless thing at that eighties party yeah. and Everyone laughed at Kathy doing that. And the only one she scolded for it was Garcelle. Yeah. It's a constant thing. Well, and I, my, my issue is that then everything that Dorit says is centered around the word, right? She says in her confessional at some point, she says, I said a word that triggered Garcelle. Not that you triggered Garcelle. Not that you are taking a, yeah. a culpability for the action, but the blame is on the word. And not only that, I think Dorit believes that this is a word that only specifically triggers Garcelle. Right. And not that it's a word that triggers black people. Right. And that there's a larger... I really think that, like, she... Gen, like, based on the way she's acted the rest of this lunch, I think she genuinely thinks it's just a Garcelle thing. Right. And it's like, no, it's not. And, Gar- and it's not out of Garcelle not telling her otherwise. Garcelle makes it perfectly clear what it is. Yeah. And, but here's the thing. Like I mentioned, what Garcelle just said right here is really no different than what Erica said to her. Right. She, it was the, it, there was a different connotation when you say these kinds of words to black people. And I don't know if it was a selective editing. It could have been. After Garcelle says all this, and says that, you know, you need to be more aware of who you're talking to and what to say. Dorit, her whole body tenses. She has this, it, it almost looks like, it's like if someone were to be like electrically shocked. Yeah. In a way. And it was all like going to what happens later. It almost is like Karen mode activates. Yeah. It, it, in a way. You could see the defenses. Like you can like yeah. physically see, I'm going to be defensive now. Yeah. Instead of listening, which she claimed she wanted to do. Right. So then Dorit goes, when we use the word 
And you've heard it hundreds of times in this group. And I'm like, I already don't like where this is starting because it's very accusatory and I don't like the tone. And then also the, they show flashbacks to other people using the word attack in like past seasons and stuff like that. But again, every clip they showed was a white woman saying it to another white woman. Right. Garcelle goes towards me. So glad that she said that. Like anyone said it towards me. And Jerry goes, you know exactly what the intent is. You know exactly what I w- that is so fucked up. Yeah. I'm sorry. As if she's intentionally misinterpreting. Like, as if the issue is that you meant that she was attacking you in a different way. That's not what anybody is saying. We are saying that there are fucking cameras here. Yeah. They are broadcasting out to the rest of the world that this black woman is aggressive and angry and attacking white women. Yeah. Like that is what is happening here. It is not about whether in that moment she was attacking you or not, which she wasn't. Yeah. But it is about the fact that you were underlining centuries of racism in this country and on this planet towards black women in particular. Right. Like, Stop playing dance. Yeah. Dorit goes, I don't know if it's ever been said to you. I didn't take notice because that's exactly what the other night was. It was innocent. Again, but again, that's like, that's the whole being woke. The the fact that you didn't notice it. Right. Like, like, again, you should, you should know by now. Dorit then goes, listen, if it's offended you in any way, which is the worst apology. Again, separate to, it's a terrible, if you were offended. Right. And I love Garcelle goes, I mean, it has offended me. That's why we're here. Yeah. That's why I was emotional for two days. I went to bed crying. I woke up crying. I went to the beach because I couldn't figure out why I was so triggered by that. Dorit then goes, do you believe that I said that with bad intention? Again, it's exactly what she did at the reunion last year. Not the point. And then Garcelle goes, yeah, because that's because why else would you say it? And immediately Dorit gets so again, she wanted at the reunion to say her at the reunion to say she was racist so she could get offended. Right. And so she's trying this again. Right. And but here she it's like, yeah, I did think you did it with bad intention. Because at this point, because Garcelle's like, how else could it not be bad intention the way you're being so obtuse right. and like so like again, assuming the worst in me constantly. Yeah. You're not hearing me. Uh Dorit uh, Dorit then goes, I feel like there's something. And then she pauses and goes, I want to listen to everything that you have to say. I also feel like I need to be able to defend myself. So if you haven't finished, I want you to be able to get it all out. The condescension was, ooh, mm. and also way to tell on the fact that you're not listening. You're literally saying, I'm you're literally saying my mind is in a place where I need to def- I want to defend myself. That's first and foremost. That means you're not listening. Right. You're not being an active listener. Right. Oh my God. I hate her. I hate her so much. Dorit goes, some of the things you're saying right now, they're not only wrong, but incredibly hurtful. <sighs> now she's the victim. Garcelle and her confessional goes, 
This is exactly why she gets under my skin. She says she wants to hear. She wants to understand. But the minute that I start talking, she's on the defense and she's not listening. Like, yeah, it's the same shit that she did in Vegas. Yeah. Garcelle then goes, I feel like, and then Garcelle takes a long pause and it's that, and the look on her face is like, I'm choosing my words very, very carefully. Well, well, she's also like, do I want to say this? Yeah. Because I, I really feel like I need to say this at this point. Yeah. She goes, what I feel is there's a pattern with you where I don't know whether you're aware of it or not. And what, like she's choosing her words of everything. She's giving her so much fucking grace. Yeah. There's so much rope. Like it's really, there really is. And she goes, but I'm going to be completely blunt. It feels like an unconscious Karen behavior with you. Like, I think the, I yes, I think the more nuanced thing is to say, like, you assume the worst intention in me all the time, and you're, I'm the only one in this group that you do that with. I, I think she, like, sort of, like, wrapped it up with the whole, like, unconscious Karen behavior. I, I did have a moment as soon as she said it, I'm like, you, you gave Dorit what, you, what she wanted. Like, you gave her the moment where she can now play the victim. Yeah. And she does. She and her confessional goes, and this was, like, I cannot believe Dorit said it in this way. She goes, this is a very serious, dangerous accusation. It's hurtful. And that accusation holds a lot of implications. And I'm not feeling comfortable with this at all. So not now a black woman has done something dangerous and it has made you uncomfortable. I need, Dorit, I need you to take that quote that you just said. I want you to write it down on paper. I want you to look at it. For a long fucking time. <laughs> and I want to see if you can fucking understand that that is Garcelle's point. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Dorit goes, how so? About the Karen thing. And Garcelle goes, I feel like two years ago we were talking about people of color and then they show the clip of her at that dinner being like, yeah, my kids, you know, get, get a real multicultural experience, you know, our housekeeper, our chef, or the, and literally Garcelle has to go, I mean, do they have people in their life that aren't the help <laughs> that are of color? <laughs> and Dorit going, yeah, my grandmother's best friend is black. And Garcelle going, great. <laughs> and if you remember that scene, by the way, it's not just Garcelle. When Dorit says it, Kyle looks at Garcelle like, we, we both understand what this is. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't just Garcelle. She goes, Garcelle goes, has there been growth since the last time you were like people of color work for you? And Dorit goes, I don't know why you keep raising this. Because you asked. You actually asked yeah. how this is a Karen behavior. She gave you an answer. And now you're like, well, you keep raising this topic. And, Oh, God. Garcelle goes, because it feels like to me. And then Dorit cuts her off and goes, what does it feel like? That I'm racist? There it is. There fucking is. Garcelle goes, I'm not labeling you. I'm not. And But they get into a back and forth. And Gar- Garcelle goes, if there's racist undertones, that's not my fault. Yeah. And you, but again, she can't fathom that concept. Dorit can't understand the like, you know. Yeah. Your intention doesn't matter. Like you... Put the racist undertones in there. I'm just calling it out. Yeah. 
Dorit goes, if it's simply about me using a word that triggered you, if that's what this is about, then I'm apologizing. No, it's actually, but it's about more. It is about more. She goes, but it sounds like there's something more. And then she goes, I mean, you do realize I'm Jewish, Garcelle. <laughs> I got out of my seat and I was pacing at this point. <laughs> I thought I was going to throw up. It was something. And they, again, they hung, the producers, <laughs> they did not have to include this in the, in the final copy with, I'm not going to go into it, but like what's happening in the world nowadays. Right. Like that was like, okay. <laughs> Garcelle literally chuckles and goes, what does it have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah. And Dorit goes, you reduced me to privilege that night. Garcelle then goes, you don't have a privileged life, Dorit? And Dorit goes, we all have a privileged life. So do you. I, I need a break. <laughs> I <sighs> Privilege is not one thing. It is on any and every single different spectrum. As a Jewish woman, you don't have privilege in the U.S. over Christians. Right. As a woman, you don't have privilege over men. And while, but you are still white and therefore have privilege over people of color. Right. And while you should never have to, don't get me wrong, you are able to pass in society as not Jewish. Right. In situations in which that is dangerous for you. Right. Garcelle doesn't have that option. She can't take her fucking skin off. Right. Garcelle goes... You're a child of the world. You speak four different languages, which I love that she dropped that in. Why don't you understand that being in my shoes is different from being in your shoes? And Dorit goes, I most certainly understand that. And I've never suggested otherwise. Way too sternly. And it was like, why are you chastising her? Yeah. Again, it's, it's, I'm not to, not to minimize. It's like the Karen in the dog park. It really is. Yeah. It's like, so like fucking clear. Like, yeah. Oh my God. It's like, it, it was, yeah. Dorit goes, I would have thought that both being from marginalized communities, I can't even say it, that we would have some common ground far more than differences. Well, you would think so. You would think that you would understand what she's saying, but you clearly don't. Dorit goes, it just seems like you're trying to. And Garcelle goes, I'm not trying to do anything. <laughs> and Dorit goes, it doesn't feel that way. Garcelle goes, then that's on you. And Dorit goes, well, it definitely feels like everything is on me right now. Oh, my fucking God. Like, God damn it. Like, everything you could do wrong in this conversation, Dorit does. I, I'm... Uh... But also, I, Dorit, you literally just said, but I feel that way. But that's not good enough of an excuse for Garcelle. Right. I just cannot. Dorit then goes, Garcelle. And Garcelle goes, <laughs> jokes. I think, I actually think, I understand why it's like, oh, Garcelle, you shouldn't have said this. But I actually think she was trying to break the mood. Like, I think she was trying to lighten it. She goes, why do you say my name so much? Like, that it's like your tip yeah. that you always say the person's name. Like, I'm the only one here. Dorit goes, because that's what I do. 
If that's something else that's going to trigger you, then I will be very conscious not to. I'm like, oh, my God. Now you're playing again. (laughs) I'm so tired of this bitch. (laughs) I want to throw my phone. Uh, Garcelle goes, I don't want you walking on eggshells. And Dorit goes, but you're making me feel that way. Garcelle just concludes and goes, there's something that you've just been getting under my skin. And I love the way Dorit goes, yeah. (laughs) As if like, yeah, it's, it's. Not my fault. Like, Look, like, oh my god. Here, here's the thing, Dorit. If your instinct wasn't to trample down the racism path, right? Then you wouldn't have to walk on eggshells. Exactly. It's you, it's actually really easy to not be racist. Oh, it's also easy to just take the. I, I say it all the time on this podcast. Take the fucking L. Like, like, my God, again, like going back to it, whether Kyle actually understood it or not in that conversation with Garcelle years ago, at least she took the fucking L. Right. Like, have an ounce of empathy because that's really all it takes. Once you start viewing the world through an empathetic lens, it's actually really easy to uncover racism within yourself and get rid of that yeah and just don't do that anymore because you go oh this hurts people right. let me not do that because the human in you overcomes right. what society taught you right huh. garcelle's like i don't hate you and you know we'll try to move forward basically like gets nowhere Gar- Dorit then goes i'm very sorry that that hurt you and triggered you And I mean that genuinely. I don't think you mean it genuinely. I really don't think you mean it genuinely. But also, zoom in on that phrasing. I'm sorry that that hurt you. That that word hurt you. Not that I hurt you. Not that I triggered you. But that that word, that evil word that I had nothing to do with. I didn't make up the word. It's It's not my word. It's just the word. It's just in the dictionary. I just happened to use it. So, you know... You know, I have no culpability of this. It's the word's fault. Yeah. It's like, take a drop of accountability. It's not that hard. Right. It's really not. And then the weirdest end of the episode, we then go to uh, the confessional with Dorit's robot twin or whatever the fuck, where Dorit goes, this was a learning lesson for me. I was unaware. And I know now I need to be more aware. Of what I'm saying and who I'm saying it to. Fast forward to her posting on Instagram about living in her bubble and being happy to be in her bubble. How much money would you bet that like literally someone had to have a cue card and have her read that? Yeah. In this confessional. Yeah. It sounded so unemotional. And also it's like, it's literally like, I'm just going to act like this was a productive conversation that we had. And not me continually digging the knife further and further and further into Garcelle. Honestly, with as fucked up as people have been reacting to the whole Garcelle thing, because she has had people flooding her Instagram comments. She has had people coming for her all over social media over this, And she's coming off of a season as well where this was already happening to her with, like, the Jack stuff. Right. And... You, I mean, you literally had Rinna go on Instagram and be like, we can't have a confrontation with, we can't do our job as housewives without Garcelle calling us racist. Honestly, I kind of, kind of wish she had. 
At this point, with as much trouble as she's gone yeah. through for it, as much as she tried to couch it, and as much as she tried to give grace to these women, I, I wish she had just said, that's fucking racist. Yeah, I think and I'm just not having this conversation I really anymore. Get, I don't get the, like, the only conclusion that I can come to is that you are racist. Only because of all the preponderance of evidence right. that is put in front of me. I, I, I would not... I understand that it's going to, that would be perceived one way. And I understand that, like, the, the but that's rest- how everybody is perceiving what right, she right, right. has done. The wrestling that, Gar- you could see, feel the wrestling in Garcelle's mind of, like, can right. I say this? I want to say this. But I know if I say this, I'm going to, I'm sure she would lose jobs over that. I'm sure she, like, I genuinely think, like, they don't fathom the concept of, like, the, they all act like the position that you're putting us in by making it like that we could possibly be racist, not factoring in the position that she is fucking in if she were to fucking call you racist. Right. It's, it, it's mind-numbingly frustrating. Yeah. And I'm just like, so, I, whoa. At, at a certain point, and I know that it puts her in a position, but at a certain point, I just wish that she would feel safe enough to just say, yeah, you're fucking racist, and I'm tired of having this conversation over and over again. You can either grow, and we can move forward, or you don't, and we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it boils down to. And these women keep... Dorit mainly, but, like, other people have contributed, right? Like these women continue to make an environment where it is no longer safe for Garcelle to just be herself in her black skin. Yeah. And at a certain point, you have to start looking and I hate to sound like Bethany Frankel, but you have to start looking at Bravo for putting women of color in these situations. Sure. Because until the education, and, and like this is some work that I've done professionally, right? Like in like survivor spaces and whatnot. But if you aren't creating a space that is educated and has anti-racist policies in place, and then you try to create diversity, you are just putting people of color into... yeah into dangerous situations I, for some people who are being like i need to go i need to go pat like i need to enjoy garcelle i like if i want to enjoy garcelle she has to stop making like the, the storylines about like racism or whatever i am sure that garcelle would love oh, yeah. to go about this show having f- feuds about anything fucking else other than this yeah i i'm sure i it would be such a load off of her to not have to con continuously come up against this and yet yeah huh. frustrating as a viewer but i would say i mean kind of an up i will say this kind of an up and down episode of beverly hills it was like there was low points and like again high points even if they were frustrating um we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode of real housewives of miami don't go anywhere Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right.
I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on down to Florida where... You know what? Nicole said it best. Planned a fun party. People got very upset. Fuck my life. For real. On Real Housewives of Miami. Real Housewives of Miami for this week. Uh, yeah, the conclusion of the Mamacita party, which was... Wild. Uh, I mean, fun in a... I would say chaotic in the same way of the Salt Lake City one, but just like, I mean, much more lighter and stupid. Like Yes, and I liked that it was chaotic and it was angry and people were fighting, but it was like no stakes no like yeah. i could just enjoy it and i wasn't like yeah having my life ruined over and over and over again yeah there are some darker moments in the episode but like, oh. we'll get to it uh we'll try not to cry um we come back as alexia and marisol are storming out of the party upset because anna's coming nicole just goes can someone tell me what is happening and kiki goes Look, I don't know Anna. I never met her, but I've seen things. And, like, they show the clips of the podcast again. And I'm like, uh, again, I'm like, if Kiki is at least knowledgeable. Nicole does say, look, I wasn't around 10 years ago. I don't listen to podcasts. I'm sorry. But I don't have time to listen to some shit for 45 minutes a day. Okay, I guess. But, again, I think my question is, I think my question more is, like, what is the friendship between Anna and Nicole? Right. Like, because it seems like to me that it's surface level and they've never actually like hung out because she acted like, well, I've never actually met you in person. Yeah. But the other thing is like later on in the episode, Marisol and Alexia say something about how Nicole has brought up that she's been friendly with Anna multiple times, even at, even not just at the reunion. The reunion clip is the one we've seen, but they make it. As if to say, like, she's brought it up before. And again, if you brought it up multiple times to Alexia and Marisol. Yeah, then at that point, Marisol and Alexia should have said, hey, by the way, that bitch is toxic. This is what happened. Yeah. My point is maybe they didn't say specifics, but I think they could. I don't like if they did. I could also just see them saying a general sense of like, I don't fuck with that bitch. Well, I mean, they didn't even say that at the reunion. The one clip that we have. 
The only thing that Alexia said was... She says, I'm not scared. Right, which could mean a multitude of things. Yeah. And it doesn't really... And she kind of doesn't even really say it to Nicole. She kind of just says it off to to the side. And it could have just been a under-the-breath type of thing. And it's like, well... Yeah, of course she's not going to get it. Right. Like, you have to fucking tell people. They don't can't read your mind. Yeah. Um, I also love Julia. Julia comes out of the car to check on Alexia Marisol. And she, like, is, like, waving her, like, ja- like, like ex- Julia was very, like, flirty, this whole, like, thing, by the way. We'll get to it. Yeah. Especially when it's like, girl, you already knew some of this shit going in. Right. You needed to have a different attitude. Sure. Alexia goes, it was a setup. Nicole, for whatever reason, because she's vindictive towards you, meaning Marisol, it's not even towards me. I'm here because she's my friend. It's like, again, she keeps being the, like, it's, it's, I mean, it's her problem. It's not my problem. Like, it's like, Alexia, you're telling on yourself. Yeah. I, I do think it's it's funny, though, how she's like, see, this is me standing up for Marisol. Marisol, you can't say I don't stand up for you anymore. You've told me that several times, and here I am standing up for you. See, this checks the box. Now yeah. I don't have to ever do it again. And then I, the dread that I felt as this fight was happening in the parking lot or whatever, and then we see Gertie driving up with Russell's sister, Jill, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, they don't have to – they like – Jill seems sweet enough. She doesn't have to go through this. Yeah. Like, especially with what Gertie's going through. Um, Gertie arrives. But then Lisa pulls, Lisa and Larsa pull up in the fucking Fiat. They're like, should we honk at them? It's not even a Fiat. It's a Honda Fit. Oh, a Fit. I thought, I thought Gertie was saying Fiat. I couldn't Mm. tell with her accent and that's why I was confused. (laughs) She honks at them as they come and Gertie goes, ah! $2.99. $2.99. Like, I think it's, you know. Yeah. Like, plays in, like, I think Lisa thought they were going to be, like, really offended or something. Yeah. I mean, I, th- they, I mean, they were offended for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Not the reason Lisa intended. Because Gertie goes in her confessional, I guess she's trying to prove a point, which failed badly. Nothing would be beneath me to support my family. And for her to make fun of someone for driving a fit is saying a lot. <laughs> Honestly. And also, it, the fact again, going back to it, the fact that it's her housekeeper's car. Like, why did you steal her car? <laughs> now she got to ride the bus. Yeah. Marisol tells them why they're leaving. She goes, Guess what? Anna's coming. And Lisa's like, why is Anna coming? And then I love Marisol going, Alexia, I want to leave now. And Larsa goes, let's just see what happens. And Marisol goes, No. Larsa, no. <laughs> Bad Larsa. <laughs> I, I kind of liked Larsa this episode in parts because I was like, I see what you're doing. Like, uh, messy bitch. I also love when they leave in the car. Alexia and Marisol leave in their car. Marisol goes, let's go to the yacht club where no one can follow us. As if they were going to follow them. Well, I mean, but what she's saying is no one else has memberships. They can't get in there. Sure. Um, we then cut to Adriana and Anna in the car coming to the party. Adriana goes, you look great. You haven't changed a bit. And Anna goes, I mean, I'm a star. And Adriana goes, were you born a star, though? Making fun of the Alexa comment last season. Uh, it's like, you can't tell me that this wasn't malicious. Oh, yeah. Anna goes, I worked on it and became a star. I'm the only one that knows it, though. Anna, I don't remember, again, I don't remember much of Anna on her season. Anna was corny as hell this episode and really weak. Yeah, it was not. 
It, we were promised a lot more than we got. Yeah. <laughs> this was a flop. <laughs> Adriana says they're confessional. I'm bringing Anna as my plus one because of the hypocrisy of Alexia criticizing Lisa's financials and pointing fingers when, according to Anna, Alexia has her own financial issues. Can I say, Adriana would be the worst criminal. Honestly. The way you just fully gave up your motive, girl. On, and, and Alexia didn't do that. Nobody was criticizing. Yeah. The only one that really think that is Adriana and Lisa. Yeah. It's just all they were doing was saying, girl, are you set up to take care of yourself? That, that's all. Yeah. That's all they were doing. That, now, I will say there's certain, there's certain parts I agree with Lisa in the conversation, certain parts I don't. We'll get right. into it with the discussion that happens. But, like, yeah. Lisa's like, I'm not sitting next to Anna. <laughs> and Lisa in professional goes, I haven't seen or spoken to Anna in over 10 years. She said heinous. Is it heinous or heinous? Well, she was no, even no, she, adding she, heinous. She's saying heinous. Heinous or heinous? Yeah. It's like, no. No, you don't say the I separately. Yeah. Uh, but she, basically that Anna had been saying heinous things for years and they show Anna in that same fucking po- God, that podcast in that same fucking podcast talking about Lenny and her goes, he meets a Canadian girl in Las Vegas, in a Las Vegas pool and marries her. And they're probably thinking that's to eat the here, not to go like basically calling her like a prostitute. I mean, Yeah. I mean, look, it wouldn't be the first time that a house husband from this coast hooked up with a Canadian girl, Juan Dixon. Oh, I was like, where are you going? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, at least I got a, at least Lisa got a housewife's check out of it. Right. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Lisa in her conversation goes, the only thing I can think of is that she's here to stir up trouble and I'm not. I mean, I am here for it, but I'm not here for it. But I am here for it, but I'm not here for it. I'm Literally kinda, me. And then she goes, I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally me anytime there's drama and messy shit on Housewives. I think I said it on, I think I said it last week. Lisa has great confessionals this season. Yeah. Nicole goes, I mean, I know her because she's a client of Anthony's. And I'm like, okay. What does Anthony do again? He's a lawyer, I want to say. Okay. I mean, he's he's some gets a lot of money. Like <laughs> he's professionally pretty. Yeah. Lisa goes, but you do have to know the history, though, right? Nicole goes, do you know that Gertie? Do you know? And like points around, and Larsa says she doesn't know. Nicole goes, heck, Larsa's been around for over a decade, and if she doesn't know what's going on, how should I know? I'm like, yes, but Larsa was on season one, and then left. Yeah, and like, but you know, Larsa was watching while she was gone. I actually don't think she was. I think she was fully enrobed with the Kardashian world and thought she was completely famous. And like, I, I, I think she literally detached completely. I could believe no, that. Yes, but I also cannot believe that she didn't watch those before coming back to the show. I can believe it because she's stupid. That's fair. <laughs> she is dumb. Yeah, I don't think she. I don't think she has the wherewithal to plan like that. That that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> they all sit down to eat. Gertie tells them, like, oh, my God, this is, like, really sad that it's all chaotic. Like, I'm having my surgery tomorrow. Um, and they t- and she tells them, like, the plan for everything and, like, how the- how Russell's family is helping and stuff like that. Um, she's like, isn't Jill amazing? Like, everyone thinks that Jill and Russell look alike, which when they showed the side by side, like. I don't see it. They have, they have similar bone structure. I mean, I guess. But, like, eh, 
I just don't see it. Yeah. Larsa then goes, Gertie, do you know why we drove the car today? It was for you. Immediately trying to start shit. And Lisa goes, I thought it would make you happy. Gertie goes, I saw the joke. And Lisa goes, it wasn't really a joke. <laughs> Lisa's like, no, but like you, were, it's not funny. <laughs> you have to be mad. <laughs> Lisa talks about how she was felt attacked at the, uh, the dinner or whatever. And Gertie goes, it was a way to say to you, fuck the phantom. I don't give a shit about, you know, if it's a Corolla, I'm leaving with my dignity and my safety and my own environment. Like it wasn't literally. About, yeah. And uh, Lisa says, you were talking about my finances, which is none of your business, which I understand. I understand Lisa shutting down the finance conversation. Like, we, I think we talked about that because it could have legal implications. She goes, that was none of your business. That is not dinner talk. I have never went around the room and said, what's your net worth? Let's go around the table. What's your net worth, Nicole? What's your net worth? And Kiki goes, $500. <laughs> <laughs> and also, is Kiki struggling that much? Because I... <laughs> Bravo. Cut her a bigger check. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, and then she gets into Julia too. Julia goes, can I explain? And Lisa, I love this. She, Julia goes, I, can I explain? And Lisa goes, can I tell you first before you explain? Basically being like, I don't want to hear your explanation. I want to yell at you is what Lisa yeah. meant by that. Lisa goes, you said, did you put your kids to bed that night? You never questioned me as a mother. Julia goes, I never did. And like Julia is like, no, that wasn't the point of what I was saying. But and Lisa is just like pissed that Julia is not like immediately apologizing. Goes, no, 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 no. It is not your place to talk about my kids. Just apologize. And Julia goes, apologize for what? And Kiki goes, oh my god, Julia. I didn't. I mean, I partially I understood it. It was like Julia just apologized. Like she'll shut her up. Like, but I I also understood Julia. I don't think Julia had anything to apologize for. I don't think she did either. I think it was a valid concern. Like if you're here and Lenny is at your house. And the police were just called. Why do you think your kids are safe there? Yeah. She actually, I wouldn't have left my kids there. She was very delicate with a question that I would have been much more blunt about. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would have been more blunt. Yeah. And But the thing is, is that they were delicate about everything and made it muddy. Like, yeah. they should have just said from the get-go, we are worried about you being able to take care of yourself once you are completely cut off from Lenny. Right. We are worried about if things go wrong with Jody, about you being able to stand on your own two feet. And this is not because we don't think that you're smart enough. This is because we think you are caught in this whirlpool and we want to make sure you're taken care of. Right. We are concerned for you and for your children's well-being. Speaking of your children, you left them at the house with that motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's the conversation. And it literally can be that blunt. Yeah. Julia goes, it was a question, Lisa. And Larsa goes, it's still none of your business, Julia. Larsa, you need to shut the fuck up right you now. Have no room to talk. Because you were in you were in this business and now and now I I I agree with Gertie. Now Larsa is trying to distance herself from yeah. also being involved in this stuff. Gertie tells Julia, like, just pick your battles. Julia says they're professional. I'm not a hypocrite. If I'm not sorry, I'm not gonna say sorry. I'm the, I'm that kind of person too. Yeah. Like if I don't feel like I'm in the wrong, I will double, triple, quadruple down, and you will eat your words. Yeah. 
Julia tells Lisa, I appreciate you being at my party. Me, myself, I don't know if I would have had the guts to come. And Lisa goes, what? And then Lisa goes, and this, I was like, oh, no, Lisa. Lisa goes, you don't even know where your kids go to school because Julia fucked up the name before. And I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, she fucked up the name, whatever. But it was also a school, like. In, in like, Paris, yeah. right? Yeah, it was like a foreign uh, school. But then Lisa goes, you have three babies' daddies. I don't say anything about that. And Ooh. I'm like, I would have... Julia has the patience of a saint. I would have gone off on her ass. Ooh, the way I would have ripped out the jugular on that one. Yeah, and then Lisa storms off out of the room. Nicole's like trying to salvage this party she's like okay guys so we got the poet <laughs> and he's been typing if you write three words he can write a poem for you and then he told she tells julia write three nice words about lisa do it right it was so like mother scolding a child like <laughs> be nice to each other <laughs> and then lisa just returns and apologizes for storming out and being upset and they and she reads the poem that the guy wrote and she gets up happy and cries about it like oh thank you guys and julia again julia like hugs her like again god bless julia for not like holding that against lisa honestly Okay, so then Adriana and Anna then arrive. Um, they walk in, say hi. Anna, the first thing Anna, de- well, Anna gives uh, Nicole a present for Anthony. And then he, she goes up to Lisa and she goes, hi, I'm just so rooting for you and feel horrible for what happened to you. And Lisa goes, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, not in the sense of like, really, bitch, but like, a wait, what? <laughs> like... She goes, absolutely. I've been rooting for you from day one. Fuck Lenny, you know? <laughs> Fuck Her off. flowers were gasted. Lisa goes, I'm just so confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, Anna, wa- here's the, Anna was playing stupid in many ways. And that's yeah. also what kind of pissed me off. And Lisa said in a professional that she was giving, like, a nervous vibe from her. Which I kind of got as well. Yeah. Um, Lisa goes... Well, I'll just break the ice right now. Marisol and Alexia won't be here because of your presence. Five minutes later. Yeah. (laughs) Anna then goes, I don't know. The last time we were in a room together, we didn't have any problems. And then they flash back to fucking 2013 on the show. And like, yeah, the last time 10 years ago, you had no problem. What the fuck? Like, jeez. Adriana, oh my god, Adriana was so again, I really think she's a bad criminal she was so leading, she goes but the question is, why did they run? Let's, like, let's talk about why did they run, like God, isn't that interesting? Why do they have to hide? Isn't that that an interesting question? (laughs) It's so bad Julia says how Marisol said that she had wanted her dead, Anna goes I didn't say I wanted her dead my daughter calls her the rotten corpse there's nothing I can do about that. She's 30 years old. Why not confront me if they have a problem? I love that she's like, I don't understand anything. But then I don't understand why they would have an issue. Two seconds later. I mean, yeah, my daughter does call her the rotten corpse. But then. But also, like, it's uh, like. But to, to Anna's point, why would they then have a problem with Anna over that and not Anna's daughter? Because they don't. hear. But because she's like, my daughter's 30 years old. I don't think they really know your daughter. The only place that she would get that from is you. That's fair. You know what I mean? If you have no... Like, why would her daughter have such a issue with her? Yeah. The issue was with Anna. 
And so therefore Anna is passing that. It's not, she's using her daughter as a mouthpiece. That, and that's, that's fair. Um, I will say that out of all the people that we have seen from the original cast, Marisol is the best preserved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's, okay. not the, she's not the worst. Line each of them up next to their former selves. They, Marisol looks the most like her original self. You are correct in that. That's regard. what I mean. Uh, yeah. Like jump scare to Alexia 10 years ago. Yeah. And Larsa as well. Like, yeah. Lisa, Lisa then steps outside to call Alexia Marisol and goes, you have to come back here. Good on Lisa. <laughs> like fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Great for the show's sake. Um, Larsa goes, Oh my God. Larsa then goes, I just want to understand Adriana. Why didn't you tell us that you were bringing her? If you knew it was going to be a problem. And Adriana goes, because you want the hostess. Are you like very pointed? Adriana is like guns already drawn. Larsa goes, I'm asking the question. Adriana goes, you're not the fucking hostess. So I don't have to tell you anything. (laughs) That's not what it's about. It's about being a good person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but Adriana doesn't know anything about that. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Lisa is telling Alexia Marisol, shut it down, and me and Larsa will help you. <laughs> like, like we're gonna be on your side. Kiki said, Kiki now gets into it with Adriana about this. Adria, she's like, Adriana, if you were somewhere and someone didn't get along with you, you wouldn't be happy to be around them, which is so fucking true. We've seen it this season. And then Adriana goes, it's not about you. Then leave. And Kiki goes, oh, you want me to leave? And fucking slams her chair and storms off. So now we're at like the fifth storm off. And Nicole's like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Now, I will say this. I will say this. At this point, Nicole should have said something. I, yeah. The, to whether Nicole knew or not, and and what her culpability is, I am frustrated she didn't say like Adriana. What the fuck? Yeah. Also, I feel like Kiki was just looking like it for an excuse to leave because <laughs> that was so minimal for her to storm off. Oh, everyone's over. storming off and getting a moment. I'm gonna storm off and get a moment. You're gonna give me my mojito next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lars is like, she has to, talking about Anna, she has to go by Sayonara. And Adriana goes, This is for this issue to be resolved, and you weren't there. You were in LA for 10 years kissing Kardashian ass, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so only Lisa will help because <laughs> Larsa just got <laughs> yeah. her ass handed to her. Sure. Um, Lisa goes, stop it. This is fucking crazy. And then they just got to the poet still going. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. Marisol and Alexia then pull up and it's like a big dramatic sort of like music. And Marisol and her professor goes, me and bro had a lot of cocktails. And then she said, we're going to go back to our lunch. I'm like, oh, perfect. So you drove back drunk. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> movie magic <laughs> um alexia and marisol walk in i love i will say i thought alexia was g- great in this intro she goes hi <laughs> i know you guys were missing us i know there was no party without us <laughs> stomping into the room alexia's like you know i ran into anthony actually when we were gone which again like is anthony how small is miami like little and she like and they said you know the you know, and said, you know, we were disappointed that someone was going to be there that trashed the entire group. Anna goes, who did I trash? Alexia goes, each and every one of us, which 
Yeah, I, she didn't even know each and every one of you. That's hyperbole. Yeah. Yeah. Marisol goes, you said you hate me so much you wish I was dead. And Mar- and Anna goes, I didn't say that. My daughter does call you the rotten corpse. <laughs> Which, like, Jesus Christ. How many times are we going to hear the phrase rotten corpse this episode? <laughs> Marisol goes, you said my husband's gay. And then they show the flashback and it's Anna going to the, again, same podcast. There are people who say he's gay. I don't know if he's gay. It's definitely not a real marriage. So it's like one of those, like, I'm not saying he's gay. I'm just saying, like, okay, all right. Like, the only thing, I was like, okay, well, yeah, you didn't say he was gay and fine, whatever. But then, like, the line of it's definitely a fake marriage, that one, yeah, okay, sure, you can have issue with that. That is an issue. She actually said that from her mouth. This is my opinion. Right. Nicole, again, this, I'm, I'm kind of side-eyeing Nicole. Because then she goes, you know what? She's been here. She hasn't said anything bad about you. Not a single thing. Nicole, she was a nice little puppy the whole damn time. Nicole, like, this is where I'm like, you can't be play this stupid. My, my thing is, is that if she has got this new friendship with Anna... That is really not gone anywhere, but she's like starting to trust her, starting to like her, all of those sorts of things. And then these other people that she knows and trusts and likes come in and say, hey, that's a bad person. They did this, 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 and this, but have no proof of anything. They're just angry. It's like, I'm not going to just outright believe you. I, I need, I if I'm going to cut someone off. Because for me, cutting someone off is permanent. Well, I don't even think cutting someone off. I, I don't think that's their expectation. I'm like, I think it's like, don't invite us, don't invite her to this party that's for television. Yeah. But even then, it's like, I need to know that I know. I need proof. I need evidence. I guess. Anna goes, I've been friends with Anthony for a long time. And Alexia goes, wait, so she says that she didn't know you. Nicole goes, I didn't say I didn't know her. Don't put words in my mouth. And Marisol goes, you said you didn't even know her last name. You couldn't even pronounce it. She goes, I confused her last name. Just like I say Lisa Hochstein instead of Lisa, instead of Hochstein or whatever. And the way Lisa was like, that is not my name. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's Lenny's name. Just shut up. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nicole goes, all I can judge Anna is how she's been to me. And if you would stop your anger for two seconds and Alexia goes, the angry one here is you, your mother calls you mean. That's why she's not here. I was like, Oh no, Alexia. You've lost all upper ground. Damn on it. This. Like Alexia was doing so good this season for the most part. Uh, Nicole was like, do not talk about my mom. This is going to get real nasty real quick. If you don't shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> And now everyone's just, yeah. And cause it's, it's also like Nicole, we saw the scene last episode. Nic- her mom is with her son. Like it's yeah. not like, yeah, it's stupid. Um, everyone, they just showed the different boxes of everyone. Yeah. And it's just like tr- multiplying over and over and over again and building. And Gertie is just like, what the fuck? And she's like, I'm just going to be selfish and focus on my health. I can't like literally my surgery is tomorrow. I can't fucking yeah. be around all this screaming. Like, good for her, but she just gets up and leaves, pretty yeah. much. Anna then leaves at that point and goes, I said everything I need to say. You, said, you said nothing. What did you say? Oh, yeah. oh, you, you said hi to Lisa? Yeah. That's that, it. That, That's all that happened. This is a flop. 
Adriana goes, by bringing Anna, I tried to bring clarity to some obscure issues, but this became World War Three, and that was not my intention. Bull fucking shit. Fuck off. You hit the big red button, and you're mad that it flopped. Yeah. She's like, I will say, though, it's kind of entertaining. And then smiles. And, and then... The way that Julia stares at Adriana. Daggers. Of like, we are going to have a long fucking talk after this. Yeah. This is a pro. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Adriana had to know going into that scene later that Lisa, that, uh, that, um, uh, Julia Julia was going to tear into her. Yeah. Had to. I feel like maybe she had already felt Julia pulling away and was like, well, Gonna go ahead and burn the bridge. Yeah, kinda. That's what it feels like. Yeah. We then go to the next morning at like 5 a.m. And it's the day of uh, Gertie's surgery for her lumbectomy. Um, this is a really sad scene. and But also just like, again, like I said before, like credit to Gertie for showing as much as she is. Like I, in terms of like the whole process and like the build up to everything and like the the work like with the doctors and stuff like that. She Her nurse... um was also a breast cancer survivor. She also had stage mm. one. Um, you didn't, well, I understand why you made a point. You didn't really love when she said the, like we were chosen comment. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, whatever helps Gertie is whatever helps Gertie. And I am all for Gertie getting what she needs to be able to rally and be and it's strong. Clearly in she's this very moment. religious. Like, I don't like the idea of putting out messaging into the world of people with cancer are chosen yeah. to go through cancer because they are the ones that are strong enough to know what? Yeah. What kind of fucked up bullshit is that? Yeah. It, I mean, it's, I mean, when you, it, we won't get too much into like religion, but it's like, yeah, it's like th- that tenant. I never understood even from like, well, and there are, there are plenty of people who are diagnosed with cancer, who then lose their lives to suicide because they do not have the strength to go through with it. Right. Like It just sends a bad message. It's just, it's... But like I, it, but I like feel you, like it was very irresponsible to put that on the air. Whether they talk about that in behind closed doors and whether that is something that Gertie needs to hold on to to get through this, fine. That is fabulous. If that helps Gertie... I am all for it. I am not for it getting out and being a overall message that we send to, to cancer patients and survivors. Like that is not everyone has strength. Yeah. Some people get through it by the skin of their teeth. Some people just, some people don't get through it, you know, and to act like they're chosen, like there's some sort of badge of honor for having cancer. It's a fucking disease yeah. that tears people and families apart. That's all it is. And I think there's even a better way to say it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, don't, I can't think of the word, but it's like, it's a, there's a, there's a better way to put that in terms yeah. of like talking about the strength of, you know, fighting it. I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's irresponsible to put that on the, on TV. Yeah. I get it. Um, she does call her parents um, and um, to have her dad like pray over them, um, and it's, it was really emotional. And her mo- like when she says she loves her mom, like she her mom her voice cracks, and it's like 
like oh what all the stuff with her brother i had to, i had told until gertie mentioned it, i had totally forgot that she lost her brother already in yeah. the earthquake yeah i did too like that and oh god like when you add that extra layer it's just like really like crazy like and like and also russell is just so sweet and it's like it, every it's just i can't say more than just like it was really emotional and i will say it was just also crazy seeing the contrast of like we get that scene and she goes off into surgery and then like the next when we come back from commercial like we have these like interstitial scenes of like larsa cooking marcus like lunch and it's like mm-hmm. oh like the fake couple stuff that we've had yeah. with larsa and marcus i've said it seems fake and then lisa with her like stylist going through like we got to clean out my closet yeah no that's gross yeah that, it, and it was just like it was so weird to see like s- very superficial stuff right. sandwiched between like real life like yeah you know dark well, stuff i think what it does though is it illustrates the fact that when you're going through dark shit the rest of the world is still happening yeah. you know and it also illustrates that when you're not going through dark shit when you're just doing lighthearted, random day-to-day things other people are going through shit like this yeah. this is happening at the same time like, yeah. I think it, it's a, a lesson to those of us to not take those light moments for granted. Right. Um, she's not out of surgery yet, but uh, Nicole FaceTimes Russell to see how she's doing and, like, says, if you need anything, I'm a phone call away. I really love Nicole. You can tell Nicole really values yeah. Gertie as a friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we then see Adriana stop by Julia's house as she's taking care of the dog. Um, Julia says that the after party of the Mother's Day thing was apparently crazy. And, like, Lars is, like, throwing water on her chest or whatever. Like, which, by the way, in the – did you – in the white – they don't show it in the episode. But in the trailer when they show that scene, Larsa actually overshoots Julia and hits Adriana in the side of the head with the water. <laughs> on purpose. Yeah. And then Julia's like, I also made out with Lisa. And, the, like, not just, like, they made out. Well, it, it, it was, was weird because Julia – Seemed very dead fish when she gave Lisa the kiss, but Lisa was like full pillowy lips yeah. and was like and holding her-, her by the back of the neck. Yeah. It's like, girl, what is going on here? Right. Um, Julia tells uh, Adriana what Alexia and Marisol did when they saw like the place cards and all that stuff. And Adriana's laughing and goes, so they were like criminals, like running away from the police. They're like Bonnie and Clyde. And Julia is just like, it's not funny. It's no. not really funny. Not at all. She goes, I mean, that would be understandable. We all have things that we don't want people to know. And you could just see Adriana's mood shift. Yeah. <laughs> like when, like, Julia's like, you know, everyone's now wondering, like, why Anna was there. Uh, and Adriana goes, Anna was there because she wanted to put it out in the clear. Julia goes, but she didn't. And Adriana goes, because nobody gave her a chance. It was mayhem. But you knew that was going to be mayhem. Yeah. I don't buy that, like, yeah. Like, you knew what that reaction would be from Alexia Marisol. What really happened is you got there and Anna chickened out. Yeah. That's what happened. But also, but at that point, what did you do? Yeah, the, like, even if, like, Alexia and Marisol were then just surprised by Anna coming in or something like that, it just would have been a blow-up. And what are you doing at the end of the day? You're just fucking up Nicole's party. Yeah. Like, uh, Julia goes, my role as your best friend is to tell you what I'm seeing. <laughs> we're supposed to be friends. 
and it was supposed to be a nice Mother's Day lunch, but Anna was invited. And Adrian goes, that's fine. Like, <laughs> it's not fine. It's literally fucking not. Like, what aren't you getting? Adriana goes, you're coming at me like, why did you do that? You're acting like them. It's, very, it's so us versus them. Like, yeah. Mar- like Marisol was doing it a lot more last season, I would say. But yeah. Adriana is doing it as well. Yeah. Like, it's so clear. And uh, Julia goes, I don't think we should be discussing Alexia's situation in front of everybody. She's our friend. I'm getting to know her. I'm enjoying spending time with her. And the way Adriana's face just goes sunken. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Adriana goes, Nicole also allowed it. So don't th- throw me under the bus like I'm the bad person. But you're throwing Nicole under the bus. Right. That that line right there was purely for the cameras. Yeah. Julia then starts and goes, if it was in reverse, and Adriana goes, don't play devil's advocate. I am leaving. Do not play devil's advocate. And, like, gets up and, like, grabs her pores and starts, like, trying to storm off. Julia says in her confessional, we can't let Nicole's butt be on fire when you're actually the cause of it. Mixed metaphor, but I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. But, Yeah. I mean, she, but also, I, for, she says her confessional, you, you, Adriana, are the cause of it. She really isn't that blunt with Adriana in this scene. She yeah. is trying to sort of dance in a way. Yeah. And it's, even in that little bit of tension, Adriana flips out yeah. and throws a tantrum and says, you're not being my friend, basically. Yeah. She goes, you guys are a bunch of airheads. The point is, what are they hiding? <laughs> Which is just like, it's basically Adriana saying... Julia, you don't understand. We want to expose Alexia and make her look bad. Duh. <laughs> like, girl. <sighs> you know that's not going to look good for Julia. Come on. Um, yeah. And then she storms out of the house. Um, we then go to Nicole and Anthony as they're stopping by their new house. God, I wish I had fucking money. <laughs> that fucking size of her closet. Like, it's a fucking room. It's just, it's ridiculous. Nicole um, also talks about like the progress she's made in sort of the process of Mm -hmm. having another kid. She says, I finally got my first period. So it's off to the races. Reverse cowgirl style. (laughs) And the producer goes, is that your favorite? And Nicole goes, it's a good one. (laughs) I love her. Yeah. Um, As this is happening, we also see Alexia at her house packing with Frankie for the move. And Marisol comes over to help. Um, so they're both just kind of talking about everything that happened at the party. <laughs> this is the first and only time they touch those boxes. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Alexia's not packing. <laughs> Alexia does not have the manicure for packing. Yeah. <laughs> Marisol goes, that whole party was full of holes. It was like a Swiss cheese party. <laughs> okay, Marisol. <laughs> Alexia goes, it was a Mother's Day brunch and her mother was not there. That was like a big red flag. And they both basically think that... Nicole knew it was going to blow up, so that's why she didn't invite her mother. Again, that's not what happened. Like, no. Like, yeah. you know, I I get, I think it's just getting, I understand why they're conspiratorial in a way, but I don't, like, like the impetus of, like, why did Nicole bring Anna allows them to be more conspiratorial, and then that leads right. to things where it's just things that are not true. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem. Nicole talks about like feeling bad that that you know was adding to Gertie's stress and stuff like that. She's like, "I, me and Julie are going to go visit her and bring her something." And Anthony goes, "I have a bottle of champagne in the car." And Nicole goes, "I was thinking more of like a smoothie, like something healthy." <laughs> she just came back from surgery for 
cancer? <laughs> yeah. You f- At least you're pretty. <laughs> and rich. And rich. Also, you have champagne in the car. It's Miami. How fucking hot is it out there? That's probably... He's probably got a refrigerator in the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's that kind of rich. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we and then we end the episode. Gertie's coming home from her surgery. Why was she home five hours after surgery? It was five hours? That's what the the Chiron said. So I would think, uh, to me, I would think after, I mean, it was just a lumpectomy. It wasn't a full mastectomy. So maybe that's why, because I don't. There's some surgeries that are like similar where I've, like, sure, you know, I could reasonably be home and like. I just the same didn't day. think that that sort of thing was an outpatient procedure. I would think that there would be like drains put in. Usually, with I know with a mastectomy there would have been drains. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's drains for a lumpectomy, um, but it's like you've got like literal like tubes into the incision and then like a bag where things can drain into right it's like taped to your body like at least that's what it would be for a mastectomy again i'm not sure for a lumpectomy but i would think that a similar situation would be needed yeah i just i don't know um i it it shocked the hell out of me that that was an outpatient procedure yeah i um, but her kids like set up like the bed for her and they got her like cards and like, you know, Gatorade and it was, and you, I, Gertie, I always say is always so outwardly emotional always, so, yeah. but for her to be like even more like emotional in this moment and like, it was so sweet seeing her with her boys and it's just like a really, you know, sweet, um, moment and but she's like i know i'm not out of the woods completely i still have to wait on the pathology right to see if i need to do chemo and she's always ta- already talked about like chemo's like a big hurdle for her because she doesn't want to go through right. all that i think she does end up needing yeah. it right yeah, yeah. so huh do we know if she does chemo and radiation or just chemo i want to say she i think she said she did both okay at the same time if i remember correctly well sometimes they will do like where they insert a packet of radiation, like the right. little, like radiation into the spot where the cancer was, and if they weren't able to get clear margins, then that will sometimes like get that last little bit of cells that are in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, who knows? Yeah, but we're rooting for. Ger- I mean, well, we know Gertie comes out better in the end, but like, really great seeing Gertie's journey and it's just sort of yeah. like, yeah, really emotional. Um, but that was Miami. Really great episode. Loving everything Miami's doing. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got Girls Trip. We got Salt Lake. We got Beverly Hills. We got Miami. What you thinking, babe? Um, I'll start with my bottom. I'm going to give it to Adriana over Miami. Only because, yeah. like, again, I get it. Like, she's bringing stuff. I don't think she's, like, not contributing by any means. But I just, I don't side with her in this argument at all. Yeah. And I think that she is losing a lot of sort of the moral high ground in many regards. And you kind of have to... Find that balance. Alexia lost that balance last season, I think, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Adriana's now losing it a little bit. And that's where, you know, things kind of lie. I don't think she can continue this, like, attack on Alexia and Marisol because it's just coming off a little desperate. Yeah. Well, and especially when things don't land, right? She did this whole thing with Anna and nothing happened. Yeah. Like, people thought about Anna being there, but no. Nothing material. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'm going to go then to my top. Um, I'm going to give it to Heather over Mm. on Salt Lake. I I think she is the underrated MVP 
of this episode and this season, I think, like, obviously coming back from a really terrible season last year, I think a lot of people were done with Heather. Yeah. And I think, like, she really was fun in a lot of moments. I sided her with on the most part with the arguments. She had moments that I think is illuminated by what happened this episode. And, like... I just think the way that she structured everything at the end and the way she delivered her performance was just like, she was just as vital, I think. And people need to acknowledge that in, in their coverage. Um, yeah. Really, really love Heather this season. Uh, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? Um, my bottom for the week is going to Dorit. Like that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's pretty egregious bullshit. Um and if Garcelle doesn't feel comfortable and doesn't feel safe enough to call it what it is, that's fine. I'll do it for you. Uh, Dorit, that was fucking racist. It's fucking bullshit. And you've been given chance after chance after chance to learn and to grow and to, you know, elevate your view of the world. And you haven't. And in fact, you've dug in your heels you have entrenched yourself in in this bullshit, and at the end of the day, I'm going to call it what it is, and it's racism. Yeah, exactly. And we're just we're not dealing with this shit anymore. Like for you to to act like you have grown from this moment, but then you know, like when the episode airs, you you know dig in again and say, "I'm happy to live in my bubble." The bubble is racism. That that's what she you, the <laughs> the bubble is privilege. The bubble is racism. Like you realize that you just completely wiped out the bullshit apology that you gave in confessional. Right. Come on. Like it's so fucking easy, and you are missing the mark. And you have been given eight thousand chances. Enough is enough. Um, my top for the week. Is going to go to Monica. Look, fucking icon. I, as well, Look, as, whether whether I agree or not, bitch is an icon. Bitch ate like <laughs> she ate them bitches. She has been the star of this fucking show since it debuted four years ago. Yeah, she has been a main character on this show. She needs back pay. <laughs> Somebody call Bravo and get her back pay from season one. Right, she's an OG. She's been here for every step of it. And it's just iconic. It is everything. She is the moment. Now, come on now. And I just, I I don't understand how you don't give her her flowers. Look, did she do some morally questionable things? Perhaps that we don't have material evidence of that as of yet. We have accusations. We have... Um, the statement that the proof exists, but we have not seen anything definitive of her specifically doing something that is morally qu- questionable. Um, the only things that you could possibly say is fucked up is the whole driving past people's houses and that sort of thing. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. A that, that, that's a little creepy. That's weird. But everything else bitch was trying to take down Jen. Yeah. And guess who's behind bars now? Oh, that's Jen. And honestly, thank God. Because Jen would have been... Like, Jen was the problem with this fucking franchise. Honestly. And if we didn't have Monica this season, 
this would be the last season of Salt Lake. Period. End of story. I completely full, fully believe that. After last season, yeah. if we didn't have Monica, the whole season rotated around her. Yeah, for the most part. Like, what else would we have had? The fucking book? The bathtub? The bathtub? Which was funny, but... I, it's not it's not to hinge a season on. I don't I, see a season here without Monica. Yeah. I don't see it. Where is it? So, like... Thank Monica for your paychecks this year. And thank God for Monica for giving you paychecks next year. Yeah. Because next year wouldn't happen without her. Period. End of story. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.